What's new? What's happening? What's, what's uh, you know, what's going on as all the cool kids are saying these days? That's what they're Not saying, my right? heli parts. What's crack-a-lacking? What's crack-a-lacking? <laughs> are there any cool kids here? Do we know? I don't know. Well, Devin's here, so... Oh, okay. uh, I don't... oh yeah. I'm going to continue right down that little bromance channel, that little bromance door that you opened up, Nick. Oh, yeah. I saw yeah. the van, man. It exists. It does exist. <laughs> Wait, he saw it before me. Oh, he not just saw it from. A, 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 well, he just saw a photo. Yeah, oh, not okay, the good, inside. Good. I want to be clear. Not the inside. <laughs> all right, all right. Just making sure. I almost got really upset. Now you'll trust me. I mean, it's probably going to be a next year thing because I gotta, I gotta do it up right. You know, I gotta make you sure gotta I got the, the right kind of got, exactly. I got the right kind of candy. <laughs> maybe some. Maybe some. I don't know what kind of cartoons do you like. Some fluffy pillows. Uh, make sure you <laughs> some, put, get a cot in there too. You need the cot. That's important. Some, maybe some Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Well, that's just a guess. Devin, we uh, know that's your favorite band, Fallout Boys, right? No. 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 <laughs> no. Well, it must be. It's one of you guys, Rob. Uh, well, I guess when I fly, I like to fall out of the sky, boys. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit about that in here in a minute, I imagine. Maybe. All right, guys. Who wants to go first? Don't you all speak at I, once. <laughs> I think Rob should go first. I, I, w- I, will, I will lead the front. So, uh, yeah. Are you sure we want to do that? Or do you want to save the best for last? Sure. All right. All right. I'll go first. That's fine. I'll go first. Yeah, because it's probably quick and boring. So, yeah, let's let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, my week. Well, last week I spent packing up the trailer to go out to an event in Titusville, Pennsylvania. What? Yeah. Where's that at? It's about a five-hour drive up Route 80. Uh, it does me no good, man. I'm not from here. <laughs> give me a give me a city. What, what's it near? Uh. I don't, oh, know. You don't know either. Oil City. Oil City. Uh, go on. I still don't know. <laughs> so we packed that up, uh, packed up the trailer. The only one bit of issue is it wasn't helicopter flying. Oh, well, okay. Good. Um, I didn't miss anything. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was jet flying. We were flying jets out in Pennsylvania. Oh, I did oh. kind of miss something then. Shit. Yeah, we, we, had a good, we had a good time. We drove out Friday. And then flew Saturday, and then it rained Sunday, of course. So we did the drive home. So, and, yeah. Do you do you fly the jet too? Yes. Or is that okay? I I, I do. 
Me and okay. my pops both do. All right. I've seen yeah. it. It's awesome. Have you? Yeah. Your dad flew at um, uh, Ocean City. Oh, Ocean County when you were Ocean there. Ocean County. Yeah. yeah, Ocean County. Yes, uh, you yeah. weren't at that event. No, I think I was still in Germany. Yeah, I think you were. Event. You were. Yeah, I got to see it fly. Oh, okay. The white one, right? Yeah, the yeah. white and red one, or yeah. is it just the white one? Well, there was some red in it, as I can remember. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. So we we did that over the weekend. Just went flying, and we had some fun on the way home. So we have a trailer. A, a utility trailer, the silver trailer that we tow with our stuff with us. And we were told it was a two inch ball for the hookup for the trailer. It turns out it's a two and five sixteenths. Uh, don't ask, don't ask how we learned that. Um, oh, did it fall <laughs> off? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> how did you get it? How did you get how, it locked down? It actually locked on the ball. It locked on the ball. It was locked. There was just a little bit of play. And um, Pennsylvania's amazing roads. Amazing. Oh, yeah, dude. They're great. Uh, (laughs) Yep. Um, We were going over a bridge and the seams of the bridge from road to road, you know, where it switches from bridge to road. They're never good in Pennsylvania. They always throw you all over the rounds. Yep. The abutment. There you go. Yep. Um, We hit one really hard and it threw the truck and the trailer off the road. Like we were in the air. Holy crap. Oh, Jesus. And uh, in the process of that, because we were thrown so hard, the trailer actually came off the ball. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> was it chained at least? Yeah, we did have it chained. So I was like, what the hell was that? We need to pull over. That was a huge hit. We just took, make sure everything was good. And we walked behind the truck and me and my dad, both our jaws just dropped. We're like, no way. No Damn. way. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm, yeah. And it was this. It was like the scariest thing ever. I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> yeah, so we, while we pulled over, we put the right ball on it and towed it the rest of the way home. And we were like, "Crap! We we've been towing it with the wrong ball. We thought it was a two inch ball this whole time. It's been a two and five sixteenths." And like, oh, that's I can't believe that. How are we that stupid? But. It turned out everything's all right. No damage to anything in the trailer. No damage to my truck. The trailer, the front V-nose of the trailer, because it's a V-nose trailer, kind of took the hitch from the truck. So there's a a little bit of an indentation in the front of the trailer. But the chains held on to the trailer. I was able to pull over, stop, and no no serious outcome of it. Thank God. Wow, you guys are lucky. That could have ended badly. Yeah, so, no so, scratching lines in the ground and shit. What I figured out is it's great to have a nice, you know, heavy truck, a lot of power. But at the same time, we didn't even feel the trailer come off the truck because the truck outweighs the trailer. Like it's double the weight of the trailer and it it's a diesel. So it just pulls it no matter no matter where the trailer is, it just pulls it. So we didn't even feel yeah. it come off. And someone next to us is like, you need to pull over. We're like, uh, Okay. We pull over and that's when we found out like oh crap Damn. holy crap we're so, so freaking lucky so let me let's paint a little picture here so when yeah. you got out to look at it what you saw and, and this is what i'm picturing correct me if i'm wrong what what you saw according to what i'm what's going on in my head here is your hitch was dragging on the ground 
and being pulled by the safety chains. So the foot of the jack for the trailer was dragging on the road. And it didn't rip it off. And it didn't rip it off. It was, you guys it must was not like, have had much stuff in that trailer. Yeah, it must I, have been really light on the nose. It, we had it about, well, yeah, it's, it's a pretty heavy, it's actually a pretty heavy trailer, but I yeah. don't know the tongue weight of the trailer. I think the trailer's around like 4,000 pounds. I'm so uh, that's that's a uh, man. What's the brand name? That's a good. Uh, it's a Vino's <laughs> Vino's yeah. trailer, but it's so, also it's a double axle trailer, so the weight distribution on it is pretty good. The actual and, brand name is called. Vino's. Yeah, it's Vino's. Okay. They're they're actually like really high. They're really high end uh, on the higher end of trailers, and their market is through the roof right now. Yeah, I used to have a I used to have a Charmac. Yeah, I think was, we actually had one of those back in the day when we had when we owned our hobby store here in yeah. New Jersey. And, uh, we sold that one and then we got this one and, um, yeah. So it was dragging on the foot of the Jack by the chains of the truck. That's and, uh, damn dude. That's uh, man, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. You should, wow. you took a picture of it. Yeah. No, I did not. <laughs> I oh, did man. not play the lottery. I, man. I, as I was, as I was pulling away, I was like, uh, maybe I should have taken a picture of that because I don't know if anyone will believe it. And you guys just happen to have the correct size ball, like with your jab, so, to like unhook and go get it and come so back. So the and all hitch that, that we were using is actually like a special hitch. It, there's a Phillips head screwdriver you can do, and you push down where the ball goes through, and it's held. And there's bearings that push out and grab onto the inside of the ball, so you can switch the balls without switching the entire. Oh. Yeah. So all we had to do was push it down, push, release it, take it. the ball off. Yep. And put the five sixteenths on, put and slap it back on, push it down, rotate it, and put the trailer back on and pull away. Wow! So we got lucky in that aspect, but we were freaking out. We were like, "We're never making that mistake again." Oh yeah, you never only have to again. do that once, right? Oh, that's the first time I've it's happened to my. We've ever happened to my dad, me, in my experience of towing. I never have done that, and it'll never happen again. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but we towed it the rest of the way home. It was fine. Thank God. And started unpacking, putting, taking, changing some gear and some of the jets because we had a gear kind of fall apart while I was flying. That was another fun one. When you say gear, you mean like a land, like uh, a landing gear fell apart. While landing I was gear, gotcha. Yeah. They, uh, they're retractable electric landing gears uh, on the jets that we use. And, um, they're they're they have knuckles on them threaded knuckles that thread up into the legs of the landing gear and the company that makes the jet is the landing gear isn't great it's just okay it's not very high quality stuff and the threads actually rip off and the bottom half of the landing gear could just fall off oh dang so uh had to land that one and get it Did back. Did you have to belly and, land that thing or what? No, because we were flying off, We were flying at uh, Titusville Airport, which is an active airport. And um, so it's an asphalt runway. So they called um, the fire They called the fire <laughs> engines. <laughs> yeah, the little foam thing. <laughs> no, we, got, we got lucky enough to where there was just a stub, like the leg was left over on the landing gear. So it kind of was just dragging on that. Oh, it just kind of scrape and skate along. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. At least you didn't mess up the fuselage or anything. Yeah, the wings took a little bit of a of a drag on the asphalt, but that's fine. That adds a road character. rash. The little, a little road rash won't hurt anybody. 
Well, maybe yep. on a jet going 100 miles an hour. 100. How fast <laughs> did that thing go? Like, how fast so, you had it before? The jets, the, the jets by the FAA, AMA are, we have a speed restriction of 200 miles an hour. Dang. So you fly a model that requires a restriction of speed? Uh, yes, rad. because there's actually some models of jets out there that are capable of doing like 250. Dang. Yeah. So they put it and like, even if you're flying at an airport with like, I think that airport has a couple thousand foot runway. When you're going that fast, it eats up the whole thing. So oh, fast. yeah. yeah in a heartbeat, I bet. Yeah. Dude, oh, I would lose yeah. my old eyes. I At that speed, yeah. it would be so small, yeah. so fast. I wonder though, I think dude, flying at FPV would be awesome to fly that fast. In uh, FPV? Oh. It probably would have. Um, there was a guy there that was flying a beautiful F-18. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. It had uh, twin turbines in it, two turbines. Um, wow. It was beautiful. Even it flew so scale too. He came in for landing and high alpha landing and everything. It was awesome. Awesome airplane. I, but, I, would, um, I would fly. I, well, I would take the thing off once and fly it once. Yeah. I, would never, I would never be able to get it back. I, I, I would lose it. My eyes, I just would never see it again yeah, until that, I heard about it on the news. <laughs> <laughs> UAP spotted. <laughs> yeah, UAP spotted. But so we did that up there, drove back home, hung out, was working on some planes and some helis. Sunday night, went to work today. And of course, now we're into Monday recording podcasts and seeing all my favorite guys here on the RCHN. The highlight of your week. It is the Being highlight of tonight. my week. Aww. Yes. I mean, the van maybe would be a little bit bigger of a highlight, yeah. but you know, well, this is a big highlight. You'll get your good chance. Things, yeah, good things come to those who yeah. wait. Yeah, I'll be patient. Right. Sit there and twiddle my thumbs. <laughs> is that all you got or do you get anything? <laughs> you anything heli related? Crash um, anything, buy anything, build anything. I got um I got the replacement cylinder head for my gasser and all gaskets so I can put that motor back together. So that'll be good. Nice. I'm working on replacement parts for a certain helicopter. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. So we're working on some I'm working on getting a list together for some replacement parts for for that helicopter exactly um get that back in the air and get it to the through the final stages then change some dampeners on my oxy nitro because if you remember seeing that fly at south jersey it was like a loose fish um and that's basically it heli related but it was a good week had a lot of fun so all good here i can go next oh damn Sorry. (laughs) 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 All right. So you're not the only one who's been doing some repairs this week. I finally uh, was feeling well enough. I got the 580 fixed and it's flying pretty well. Uh, I had the 580 run in on uh, 610 Ultimates with some longer tail blades. I'm not sure which ones, but uh, the rotor techs. And uh, I went back to the stock uh, 580 millimeter blades and tail blades. Uh, so I didn't have to pay for more more blades. Uh, and it's definitely tuned for the 610s because it flies a little funny. It's got a couple of bobbles I got to finish tuning out, but kind of slapped it together for the fun flying. It's it's doing all right. So I got that back up in the air. 
I'm pretty excited that I'm gearing up to start the uh, build on the raw Puma 700 this week. Um, so I'm going to start on that probably Friday uh, after I get back from this business trip I'm on now. Uh, but I've been ordering kind of the last few parts that you always forget about. Like uh, I'm changing the motor pulley out for something uh, a tooth smaller, kind of lower the RPM, some telemetry adapters for Futaba. Uh, and this is going to be my first helicopter on the Futaba CGY 760 FBL. Uh, with a Futaba transmitter, so I'm kind of excited to to dig into that. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be kind of an early winter project. Uh, get that heli. Um, I'll probably build the heli quickly, and then it's going to take me a while to wrap my head around Nick. the 760. But I'm not in a rush, so I'm going to kind of take. What my are you going to run the Puma on for battery type? Like what cells? Uh, 6s, uh, 5000s, okay. or 5500s. Okay. Um, going for super low RPM, so I've got it geared on an 18 tooth pulley. Uh, with a pretty lightweight motor. So I'm going with a lightweight motor, uh, an EcoDrift 4025HT, uh, 1050KV, yep. a 6S uh, cells, a YGE 125, because I really won't have a lot of amp draw on this, and the YGE ESCs take a beating anyway above their rating. Um, so shooting for like between 12 to 1700 RPM. So Perfect. it should be super yeah, light. I've got uh, low-profile Thetas in there, so those are a little lighter than full-size servos. Uh, so it, it should be cool. I don't know. I really want to embrace the whole... 6s lightweight 700 with the puma and see how i like it so if yeah, i hate I bet it that'll I'll be just... super floaty man yeah and if i don't like it i'll either yeah. sell the components and flip it to 12s and then try it that way um but i think i'm going to decide i don't know i'm going to get it in the air and then see what i like better uh the 6s uh or my full-size raw 700 speaking of which i picked up a uh three blade set for my raw 700 uh off uh uh, somebody at the fun fly. So I got that, uh, to slap on and get tuned at some point. So that'll be another winter project. I had all kinds of fun toys come in this week. Um, I finally, it's been like on pre-order for forever, but the OMP hobby M2 Evo arrived a little micro heli. I kind of just want to compare that to the goose guy S2. Uh, so I managed to get some flights in on that, uh, some early flights anyway. Uh, not a lot. So that was kind of fun. Um, and then, the stars really aligned this week for me, which was cool. Uh, for once, I had a business trip uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I am right now. And it started on Saturday late afternoon. And then, you know, when talking to Dan on the podcast, you know, learned he's going to a fun fly in Charlotte. And I was like, wait a minute, I have to be in Charlotte. Uh, so drove to a fun fly Friday morning, uh, got in by like 11 o'clock. And uh, we'll talk about this a little later in the podcast, but got to... Uh, Heads of the fun fly, got a bunch of flights in on Friday and then, you know, Saturday morning and early afternoon and then had to bail to work uh, here. Uh, had a great time. We'll talk about that later, but uh, mostly at the fun fly, man. I watched Sean Hall made in his raw 580 Nitro and then mm -hmm. put a gajillion flights on it. And man, I don't know, man, the, the grin on his face was like, ooh, maybe I need one. <laughs> Makes so, me miss Nitro. Oh it my flew God. so well, man. On Saturday, he put a ton of flights on it, and it was just, I don't know, he was bonding with that thing, and it showed. And uh, I don't know, maybe 2023 might be the year in the Nitro, in which case, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it's definitely not this year, but uh, well, I'm going to get a lot of help from you all. In my head. I have to and, memorize uh, this in my head. Nick says he wants a Nitro. Oh, my God. Next, next will be a gasser. Watch, maybe a nitroxy. I don't know. I'll have to talk with you offline, Devin, and, and see if that's oh, the yeah. way to go. But thinking yeah. that or a raw five eighty nitro, but not deciding till next year at the earliest. So anyway, that's kind of it for uh, for my week. But a uh, good week, a bunch of stuff going on. So what you're saying, without actually saying it, is twenty twenty four is the year of the gasser for Nick. 
Oh hell no! Uh-huh. Yes, in twenty twenty-four, absolutely like, not, dude. Once I, you start down that that carbon-based uh, fuel source, uh, it's it's hard to turn away. No way. I replaced <laughs> all of my yard equipment with electric stuff, except for the lawnmower. And if I could like have enough battery to like mow the whole lawn, I would replace that too. <laughs> Shit. What happens when the battery's dead and you're trying to mow your lawn or, you know, do edging or anything like that? Well, that's why I have a gas-powered lawnmower, but, you know, the weed whacker and all that's fine. Kids and scissors. Kids say no to gassers. (laughs) Oh, come on, man. I like the kids and scissors idea, Rob. That's what you said. Dude, when I was a kid. And a ruler. Don't forget the ruler. Yeah, right? You got to have the ruler in case the kids don't use the scissors right. Like, my mom told me this story when I was younger that no shit, her grandma, my great grandma, she lived in San Diego in this old folks community and they had this like super foofy grass and I had visited there before and so I've seen it and I don't know what it is. It's some super expensive foofy ass grass, right? And it only grows like really short and it's super soft and fine and this lady was extra, extra particular about it and she would straight up make the kids, the grandkids go out there on their hands and knees and cut that shit with the scissors because every now and then there'd be patches it would be a bit longer but she would never mow it and she would like make the kids go out and do it manually oh my god like what the fuck now granted the the it was like you know like old folks community of townhomes like the yards are not big at all right so it was like maybe 40 square feet of lawn right but still you imagine three little kids like on their hands and knees like they're picking bugs or some shit what are you doing i'm mowing the grass <laughs> Cool but, story, bro. Yeah, it's a yeah. good story. Thanks, Rob. Wow. <laughs> it's a thing, man. Kids and scissors in the grass I, is a thing. Kids and scissors, gassers. Yeah. Don't quite know how to move on from that, but I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> Do so, it. was your week, Dan? My week was, dude, I had a really, really good week. We're going to talk about the fun fly that Nick and I went to later in the show, but obviously went to that on Friday. Uh, got to get the Soxos up in the air. Tried to kill Nick once. <laughs> yeah, you made me take a solid fat step backwards. <laughs> and you the tried. thing is, I, well, I would like to say I did it intentionally, but no, it, it was like a <laughs> oh shit moment. Like, <laughs> I don't even, yeah, I don't know, man. I just kind of lost orientation. I, I, the heli itself is really nice. And I, I, I think it's a nice looking heli, but I, what I think is going on. I've kind of gotten used to the non-pod and boom type heli, right? So it's like this visibility aspect aspect that you get with Goblin. Even the Forza, kind of the same thing, you know, big, colorful uh, yeah. boom cover. Yeah, um, easier to see it. Yeah, and I was just kind of noticing that, you know, I was thinking maybe it was the sun, but I don't know. I don't think it was the sun. But just at times, it starts to get, uh, I just kind of start losing specifically where i'm at like the tail kind of you know you know you know when the tail kind of like twists in your head but it didn't actually twist (laughs) but but all of a sudden you're like am i facing towards myself or am i facing away from myself you know anyway so got some ideas we're gonna we're actually uh, i'll briefly describe what we're gonna do but uh elaine my wife is into the uh she's got one of those crickets the vinyl maker thing of bobbers. I don't know much yeah. about. Them. So we're gonna see if we can source out some. It's got that neon yellow color, as close as we can to that. 
in, you know, I, I don't know if there's variations in neon yellow colors, I guess is what I'm getting at. But anyway, we're going to try to figure that out. And since it's a black boom, we're going to cut out, we're going to make a nice big neon yellow sticker, essentially, for the boom. But what we're going to do is she's going to cut out RCHNV3, and then, of course, that against the black boom, right? How cool is that going to look? That would awesome. be kind of cool. Hell yeah. yeah oh, so, right. yeah. I was aging Plus. in blind heli pilots. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick made a suggestion. I think we're also going to completely cover the tail fin in that neon yellow as well. There is some. Yeah. But I think it just needs a little more. Yeah, the tail fin's just, I mean, it's got a lot of cutouts in it. It suffers from the same yeah. thing as like the Spectre uh, V2 tail fin does. Like even Nick Maxwell makes custom fins for his own to like give it more weight and, you know, presence. For the same right. reason, that little skinny one, is, it's just hard to see, man. you got to do something It'll to disappear. Yeah, so we're, we're going to take care of that. Not a big, super big rush to get that done. She's going to take care of that. She likes doing that kind of stuff. So other than that, the machine itself, and, and I don't, one of these episodes here very soon, I'm going to go into a more in-depth discussion. Uh, I'll have my wife do some photos because she's into that. I don't want to call it a review because I know that I'm not super good at reviews. <laughs> I get too impatient and I start, I don't know, turning them up and they just don't turn out all that well. So, but I am going to go through the craft and, and talk about some of the very cool things that I think, uh, are, you know, kind of differentiate it from other craft that are out there. And uh, so don't look for that in today's episode. Uh, maybe our guest will talk about it a little bit. By the way, we do have a guest coming up here uh shortly um but we will talk i don't know I, I, and the reason and i'm going to go into the reason why that so the fun fly was on friday got to finally meet nick which was fun got to hang out with him and sean hall that was great we went out to dinner so saturday i actually was going to get i, I considered going back out to the flying field it was in the complete opposite direction of our destination which was gatlinburg in Pigeon Forge. And um, so we just <clears throat> decided to head out nice and early. So we went to Gatlinburg. What a cool little town. I don't know if you guys have been. Uh, it's quite a... <laughs> I'll tell you what Gatlinburg needs. is It needs one more, at least one more pancake <laughs> place, right? And one more t-shirt shop because there just isn't enough. I mean, I don't know what the population of that town is. But I'm guessing the ratio of pancake breakfast restaurants to local is probably, I don't know, two to one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's two. They're everywhere. They're on every block. They're like Starbucks. Shit. Batter for days. <clears throat> and just so many things to do. So anyway, we went to our hotel and um, right at the end of, I guess, what is considered the strip and then. There's no parking in Gatlinburg. It's really hard to find parking. So we stayed at the parked the car at the hotel. Of course, had the scooter and uh, went up and down. Got to try all kinds of new alcohol that I had never even considered. I found something <laughs> that I really enjoyed, and that is uh, moonshine infused dill pickles. Oh, oh weird, huh? Dude, they are. <laughs> uh, uh, first of all, you have to like dill pickles. If you don't like dill pickles, you are not going to like these. But huh. they are so amazing. So they stay pickly. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. And um, they're pretty potent. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> I picture Dan's drunk ass in his cart in the middle of the night with a handful of pickles. Just like, oh, pickles is great. <laughs> Get that image out of my head. It was great. <laughs> and so I ended up buying like three bottles of those pickles. It's like mason jar size. Damn. Bottles nice. of those. They're fantastic. Lots of different shirts, lots of different trinkets. Uh, took a ride on a full scale helicopter. Fun. Nice. Super yeah. fun. We were, I was actually, there's this, uh, I don't know if it's famous, but it's, it touts itself as the largest knife store in the country or something like that. Can't Dang, how big's a knife? Well, <laughs> the store itself is huge and it's two stories. I mean, they nice. sell, I mean, it's like a mass murderer's wet dream place, right? They just walk in and they're like, <laughs> oh my God, look at all these weapons of destruction. It's fantastic. But I went there with a purpose. I'm thinking to myself, if they do sell that many knives, they probably sell like military commemorative knives. Sure. So I ended up buying, buying one for my brother who's retired from the army. And um, that was the purpose. But as we were driving out there, I kept seeing off to the hillside, all these helicopters, like four or five, <laughs> five different helicopters taking off. Well, Robinson 44s, Bell Jet Ranger... Uh, a couple others and i kind of we were in the parking lot and i was just kind of watching and i'm like i think i think that's a place where you can go ride a helicopter and sure enough it was so i called them and they're like yeah come on up so we went up there after i purchased the knife for my brother and a few other christmas gifts for other montani type folk that like uh oh one quick side story i was gonna I, I almost bought my brother a field dressing kit now you guys i don't know if you guys hunt Devin, do you hunt Rob? I'm sure you've no. hunted Rob in the past. No, 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 I haven't. I don't well, field dressing kit essentially is it's a group of tools that you use to field dress animals out, out in the field. And right. I was looking at Elaine. And I was looking. Maybe I'll get my brother one of these. And I looked at Elaine. And I said, you know, the cool thing about getting Dean one of these like fancy field dress kits is he'll never use it. <laughs> Because the guy's got the worst luck of anyone I know ever in the history of hunters. He uh, just won't have anything to get to dress. He just, <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll just stare at him. So no, I, I didn't didn't do that route. But anyway, first concern was how how do you get a broken ankle and a cast up into the back of a Robinson Forty Four? Uh, wasn't that bad? There's actually more room than I thought. Um, I had my RCHN T-shirt on, and I was after I got into the plane or the helicopter i the pilot says so you fly rc helicopters and i said yeah said, oh that's cool I, I tried those once these are a little bit different he said i said really <laughs> 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 so he's taking us obviously can't do any it was very tame you know I, I was hoping for a little bit of action but nothing really it was just kind of up went out over gatlinburg over pigeon forge out towards uh uh, Clingman's Gap or Clingman's Gap, I can never get it right. And um, Cades Cove, which is just kind of a touristy stop up in the top of the mountain at 6,800 feet or 6,600 feet. Didn't quite go that far out, but <clears throat> close enough that we could kind of get a good view of the mountains and back. And as we were coming back, I said, So um, maybe you could end this ride in a nice little slick auto rotation down to the landing pad. <laughs> he said, he said like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't typically just do those. We, 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 you know, we practice them because we need to know how to do them, but we don't just 
do those, especially right. in this environment. Anyway, he wouldn't do it. I tried to talk him into an auto rotation, but pretty uneventful flight. But it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Blade stop. Blade stop. Blade stop. The bo one hundred and five. Blade stop. Stall turn. Come on, man. Let's do something fun. But um, no, it was Dude, no, that's uh, fun, man. That sounds like a lot of fun. Heli ride. It was. It was something that I, I've ridden in helicopters before um, when I was younger, fighting forest fires and and. Um, I was very young and very afraid of them because those those guys are flying in the mountain environments and, you know, you just kind of close your eyes and hope like hell you make it to where you're going because they don't really fuck around. Yeah. Uh, and really get into some what I, I mean, I would consider them hairy situations, but. Some dicey flying, right? I, I wasn't hoping for that kind of flight, but a little bit of, a little bit of, but that was, oh my God, a lifetime ago. So. It was fun. It was something I've kind of always wanted to do. There's a one up by Yellowstone or uh, Glacier National Park that I drove by on my motorcycle all the time. And like, yeah, I'm going to do that someday. So I saw it. I'm like, let's just go do it. And we did it. And then, um, yeah, we just wasted a bunch of time and ton of money. Oh, my God. Went to Bubba Bubba Gump's Shrimp. And guess what my waitress's name was? Bubba. Jenny. 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 Oh my Shit. God. And then I asked her, I said, so let me guess the guy waiter, waiter over here, his name's Dan. No, yeah. Right. Case. Lieutenant Dan. But uh, it, was, it was pretty nice. It was pretty cool. We, we were in there just chilling out, eating shrimp and, um, a lot of drunk people in there. And this group from some, somewhere local, college football fans younger group and they got in there and they sat right at the next table and for about 20 minutes while their waitress was doing other things just kept yelling jenny i'm just like oh fuck <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah because she's never heard that in that restaurant she's never heard that uh, yeah but uh it was kind of a i don't know good food good experience other than the last 15 minutes of a very, very, very loud group. But um, no, we we went, just kind of did what you do at a tourist joint and bought a bunch of shit and stuff we don't need. Got old time photos taken. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> you look she like the most peaceful it. bank robber I've ever seen. I know, right? <laughs> the guy's like, don't smile. I'm like, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> You so smiled we, in one. You definitely smiled in one. Did I really? There or was, there was a smirk or a smile. Something was there. Well, there was supposed. Oh, I know which one. It was supposed to be a surprised look. I'm like, I don't know how to do a surprised look, man. Because she was supposed to be hitting me with a bottle. <laughs> yeah, I seen that. It looks more like you're like, oop, I farted. <laughs> <laughs> kind of lean into the side to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Using that fake bag of money to mask the smell, giving it some room for expansion. You know, the one, the one <laughs> thought that kept was kept going through my mind while we were sitting there and waiting. And by the way, the kid that was doing it was there by himself and just a a, a rock star. I mean, he was working the till, dressing the people, taking the photos, selling the photos, on and on and on. I just kept thinking, how often do they launder these? 
close, but I've been sitting here for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but that was good. It was good fun. So we left Gatlinburg this morning at 3 or I guess no, 4 a.m. We got up at 3 and uh, drove the 500 and, I don't know, 70 miles back straight to a doctor's appointment, which I'll give you guys an update. The ankle doctor, right? I am yeah. condemned to another six to eight weeks with the boot. With the uh, boot. Oh, no, no. Oh. Did he tell you to stop walking on it? No, actually, he told me he wants me to start walking on it more. Oh, no shit. Um, <clears throat> he wants me to, I, he released me to go back to work, which I'm very excited about. But the only way he let me go back to work is because I have this electric scooter, this electric wheelchair. He said, you have to use that at work if your employer will let you, which they will because I checked with that four weeks ago and I thought maybe I was going to get released four weeks ago. Yeah, right, right. Wednesday morning, I'm back in the office, which I'm pretty excited about. Word. Get back to nice. kind of a normal thing, but yeah. <laughs> as far as uh, Heli's got not too many, I don't know, I think I got eight flights in on the, on the Friday. Nothing too exciting there. Um Got to fly the Soxos. Really enjoyed it. A lot of folks fighting <laughs> a bit of book, bit of a cough here too. So bear with me through that. But um, no, I was wondering what it was. <laughs> I'll edit that one out. <laughs> um, a lot of folks are asking for you know my thoughts. Not a lot of those around apparently. Um, good good helis. I, I like the way it went together. And of course, at some point we'll go into a little deeper discussion on that. But I'm ready for Rob to close it up, I think. Oh, I'll it, close Rob. it up. I'll close the shit up out of this this uh this thing. My week was okay. It was pretty uh pretty uh standard. My goal, I I'm still meeting my goal of flying every day. Uh nice. which is cool. Yeah, I I'm trying to fly uh at least two or three flights a day every day just to kind of get back into it, get my thumbs back into the the mix or whatever and um I kind of had to, I pushed my luck yesterday, tried to, well, I mean, I did fly one pack. I tried to, I brought all my shit to the park, but you know, the season's starting to change, right? So the winds are super high around here this last, probably the last half of uh, last week and the weekend. So, I mean, that was a little dicey. So I, I, you know, I got, I took the 600 up and it's just, uh, it was just pushing it all over the place and the, where I was standing, the wind was kind of coming at me. So every time I would do a pass and do something, it seemed like it was drifting. It just kept pushing it towards me and I just wasn't comfortable. So I was like, I'm not going to fly the X5 and this went. So I didn't that day, you know, I only had the one pack that day, but, um, I did get flights throughout the rest of the week. Um, earlier in the week though, I was flying my X5 and, uh, I had a mechanical failure on that. The tail exploded and came out of the sky, which sucks. I mean, in hindsight, um, we all know I'm a bender. So if there's a part that I deem could go back in the air, you know, I'll, I'll make my judgments and I'll send it back up, you know, but, uh, I guess I didn't really think about the dynamics of this, but the tail boom had a dent in it, uh, right behind where the, uh, the boom support mount goes and all of that. But it didn't look too bad. Just just kind of a, a small dent there. And I'm like, all right, it should be fine. I'll fly on that. And I was out flying and, and, and uh, about two thirds of the way through my pack on the X5. And so I'm doing these forward, uh, 
uh, kind of doing like a, I guess sort of, sort of like a uh, F3C sort of, uh, you know how they kind of just do the big U shape where they'll just fly by and they'll go up and do something and then come back down and go back up and then do something over there. And I was doing some of that kind of stuff and practicing going backwards really fast. And so I came up and I'm coming down out of the dive and I'm coming across the field and just all of a sudden I hear a pop and it starts to spin around in circles and, you know, did the, the normal muscle memory, autoed it. And I was able to get it to land. It's, it still was, it landed hard, you know. Um, but when I walked over there, I found out that the tail broke clean off right right where that dent was at, right where the support mounts were. So I'm pretty sure that that uh, whatever, you know, there's a lot of torque on a tail, right? You, I guess you kind of start to forget about that unless you're, you know, those times when you're on the bench or something and you're doing some testing, maybe you have the tail blades on, you can feel the, the torque of the tail. But when it's in the air, you just don't really... I never really thought of that, but then in hindsight, after I landed, I'm like, oh shit, well, okay, that makes perfect sense that it would have failed right there. Um, so that was the tail boom, the torque tube, um, the uh, the push rod for it. Um, the blades uh, took a hit in that and one servo uh, arm. But I tell you what, the rest of this helicopter is a beast. Um, we talked about servos last week. I think it was, yeah, it was last week. These Hyperion servos, these $40 Hyperion jobbers that I got, metal grid servos, work like a champ. You know, the gears are just solid as a rock. Um, I remember when I first got them, look, reading the specs, I thought the specs were wrong, and I had to go to Hyperion's website and check it out. But they've got a huge amount of torque, a huge amount of speed. And as evidenced by me tanking into the ground today, or not today, but a couple of days ago, the there wasn't anything wrong with the servos. You know, I crashed the T-Rex the 500 and just smoothed out a set of servos gears in that thing, you know. that would, They were just smooth as, almost smooth as glass when I was done when I took them apart. But this thing, it's like the servos didn't even care. The horn that I'm using on these servos are like, I'm not shitting you. They're like an eighth of an inch thick or more. Yeah. Almost, you know, really thick ones. And it just, it shattered one of those horns, but the, the gears in the servo were just fine. The core of the helicopter is just fine. I got some... Uh, some spots on the canopy I can put some stickers on. Uh, oh, uh, we didn't bring this up yet, but Nick, you sent us out some stickers. Thank you for doing that. We got some RC Heli Nation version 3 stickers, and they're just the right size for me to cover up some of the scars from that crash and some of the previous <laughs> crashes. So thank you very much for that, Nick. So it'll, nice, make, my you're welcome. it'll make my canopy even cooler, you know, because... Because, yeah, because RC Heli Nation version 3. So, but I had some spares for that X5, so I was able to put it back together. Um, I got to be careful, even carefuler than before, because I'm running out of spare parts. I feel like I can probably, like, Frank and Heli, like, maybe uh, if they still do, like, the... Wasn't there, like, an NX5 I think maybe they still make? I don't know if they make the X actual X5 still, but a similar Heli with the same diameter tail boom oh, sh- yeah tail the, the, shape, yeah you know? the nitro version yeah right so i could graft parts okay. on over from that because they're all this roughly the same size you know so but uh oh. I, I got some belt gear here from one of the old couple of my old 550 iterations i'm kind of considering maybe trying a belt drive again and see this seems like a lot of folks are doing belts too you know um I, well, the torque tube gears, those are also solid as a rock. None of them, none of them stripped. And, and I blew the tail, like literally like eight inches of tail boom and the whole tail box and everything came clean off the helicopter, but all the, all the gears are fine. So 
maybe I'll stick with Torque 2, but I'd like to try Belt again, you know, on one of these helis, maybe. We'll yeah, see. the only, with those older helis, Rob, and this is coming from memory because I'm not, and I have no idea what gear ratios would have been, but <clears throat> those early belt drive tele or uh, helicopters. Now this is pre Goblin, right? This is yeah. Uh, they pre pulley <clears throat> right on the motor or right on the main. Yeah. Yeah, and but the problem was is those pulleys were very very small. I don't know, and yeah. and, and and there was not a lot of surface area, so like uh, tension they, was a huge issue. I recall you get all kinds of slipping right on the belt. Yeah, yeah. I had that trouble with my 550 all the time because it's up front, the pulley, it's the way that one's set up is the 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 um the ratio set up for the tail happens one gear stage before the belt the tail belt pulley does, right? So what you result in is a pulley that's the same size at the front of the boom as at the back where the tail box is. So it's just a straight one to one belt there. And so yeah, dude, that thing would skip all the time. You know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Seems that like people, night. maybe people run them like super tight now. I don't know. It seems like maybe they're. I don't, I don't know, think you have to, that. Devin. Yeah, I mean, I don't run my belts. I'm sure you run yours a lot tighter than I'd have to run mine, but I don't go crazy tight with them. I run my, I run my belts actually pretty tight. Yeah, yeah I would imagine. I would imagine you'd have to. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't technically have to, but I do. I just have I just have a spot where I can where I get the tightness of the belt and I can feel it that yeah. where it's just where it's kind of like springy it's getting to the point where the belt's getting springy and it's not it's not really where you it's can push flappy. it completely in not flappy it's, it's starting to get ta- tension in the belt that's what right. that's what I tension my belts to so there it's actually on the tighter side of what a lot of companies recommend but yeah. I've had I've had a lot of belt skipping even on newer helis because the belts were loose at the recommended tensions on some helis sure and if you're doing hard reversals and some other really high tail load stuff you know i can see it hopping gears or hopping teeth on the on the pulley yeah so i just run them a, a little tighter than average yeah man that old gowie uh 550 the way the gear the gear train is pretty elegant to look at but mechanically it just for what for what you wanted an rc helicopter to do it felt like it was just barely outside the spec for what those the way the gear train was set up and actually the old kits were plastic i know some of the kits the newer kits these days use a lot of plastic but back then this this plastic was kind of soft you'd melt the shit you know the bearing blocks were plastic and so if you tried to put a lot of belt tension on there you would load up the gear train so much that everything would heat up and then you would start melting the gear you know melting the bearing blocks or and then things would start vibrating and and tearing up teeth and shit like that so you had to set it up and fly it delicate you know so but yep. uh, things like the x5 and the torque tube and stuff like that obviously changed the game you know it's way different you know but yeah know. For, for sure i mean i'm definitely remember if going back you know five five years ago torque tube was what everyone flew Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That's what it was. It was torque tube, just because the belt technology wasn't as reliable, or at, or even for the professionals, what couldn't do what the torque tube could do. Right, right. Torque tubes are smooth, dude. Yeah, and yeah. they're really smooth. They're, they are really smooth, and they actually like when it comes to auto rotations and stuff like that. Torque tubes are really hard to match on a belt. Really hard. 
Yeah, the belt just slow so the smooth. head down so much. Yeah, it's like almost like a break having that yeah. belt in there. Yeah, but now coming back to modern helis with the ratios that that a lot of these companies are running, the the performance is it it's just as good, if not starting to get better to to than the torque tube stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah, for sure. Not to mention, you know, maybe a little more um, crash hardy. You know, oh, it's more reliable. It's less complicated, right? It's simple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's my tangent on belts. I guess I took us on a little tangent there. But another thing I discovered this week, which makes me super excited, um, is rotor flight. It's a thing that I did not know existed, and it sounds like it's fairly new. But um, and I'll preface this by saying I know that in the RC heli industry, and it's like this, I think, in the uh, the FPV community too. Nobody likes a clone of a product, of a real product, you know, that somebody st stole somebody's intellectual property and then made a cheaper version of it because then real innovation can't happen, right? And I get that, but this isn't that, right? Rotorflight is what I've discovered is an open source um, fly barless controller software that you can install on a huge list of flight controllers, you know, and I come from the FPV um, uh, quad world, right? And so, dude, flight controllers are super cheap. They're really easy to work on. And Betaflight is the software that everybody uses. Most people, I guess, use to tune their quads and set them up and stuff like that. It's pretty easy, point and click. You know, we use software for our helis for all kinds of stuff, right? So it's no different than that. But I'm super, like... That's just the kind of style that I am these days, and I'm super stoked to hear that there is what seems like a really, really killer open source movement happening here with this rotor flight. I've been watching videos of people flying. Just you see that they'll show their helicopter. They'll have a flight controller like you'd buy for your quad and then a receiver, just like you would set up in a quad, but it's running this rotor flight, and it's, you know, if they didn't tell you that was what's in there, you wouldn't know the difference. I mean... Let's face it, these days, it's really hard to tell the difference between somebody that's got a CGY 760 and um, like a Mikado V-Bar on their thing, or even a K-Bar. Really, at that point, it's just a matter of who's the pilot that's flying this. Most you know, low-end pilots are going to be flying clone flight controllers. And maybe I'm stereotyping here, you know what I mean? But my point is, this rotor flight is super exciting, and I can't wait to set up a helicopter running that because... Um, uh, let's let's face it. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've alluded to this quite a bit. You know, the economy is murdering my wallet from all directions, just taking a pounding from everywhere. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that. And I know we talk about the latest and greatest in the news and stuff like that on our show and stuff like that. But there's a whole other side of this hobby, uh, the side of the hobby with people like myself with a helicopter. I'm, yes, I have two others on my on my wall, but some people don't. Right. I've got a helicopter sitting on the floor that's got to wait for about a paycheck and a half, maybe two paychecks worth of buying spare parts before I can start to build it and fly it again. So any way that I can find an opportunity to save a lot of money and still get it, it, as close to the same kind of performance as what you could buy in the like mid and upper level um, out there, I'm down to try it, you know, so stay tuned for more from, yeah. you know, from me about rotor flight and open source fly bar lists and stuff like that. Cause I think it'll be no, cool to get that. Board. Dude, I, I agree completely. I think there's quite a few folks out there uh, that would be interested 
to learn how to, you know, and I, I hate to use the word budget build, but yeah, the ability to enjoy the helicopters and not have to drop so much cash, right, is right. Uh, is is pretty pretty awesome. I mean, it it opens up the hobby for a lot of people. Totally. If you can so, buy a seventeen dollar yeah. flight controller and then free open source software versus spending four or five hundred dollars for uh, a fly barless unit, then you can go buy that that ready to fly kit with with no electronics because you can you know buy the electronics on the cheap and still get a good experience out of the deal. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about it, man. That's great. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, buddy. So that's me. And Not then you. it circles us back to the best part of the week, of course, is RCHNV3 recording. Aww. Too bad all the listeners got to wait for like three or four days before they can actually hear the stuff. But <laughs> 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 the guys in locals and stuff will be able to get to it sooner, I'm sure. Yeah, we're going to, we're working on that. And we're going to go into some news and towards the end, I'll, I'll wrap some stuff up. There's, there's a few things we mentioned stickers. Nick actually had some stickers made. I finally got my hands, uh, thanks to James Cadiz helping me out with uh, some uh, graphic artists to kind of help get some stuff rolling, uh, whether it's t-shirts, different types of stickers, some hoodies. Um, swag. And all that swag, right? Um, Swagalicious. So we'll uh, hopefully, uh, I, I have no idea how long this is going to take, but soon hopefully we can... Uh, start talking about maybe doing put together a pre-order like we used to do to kind of get things rolling and then keeping a small amount of some of this in stock and we're also looking at doing some like uh locals only type support shirts that you can't really buy but you get with x you know various levels of support right whether it's a hoodie two hoodies or a hoodie and a shirt and some stickers i don't know exclusive shit yeah, it's just, uh, it'll be stuff that we don't necessarily put on our store, which uh, we will be putting on our webpage when, when the time is right. So you can look through various shirts that we have and, and uh, grab some of that stuff. Getting a lot of questions about that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's, a, it, it's kind of a slow process, uh, so bear with us as we, because the pay is horrible, right? So it's really tough to get people, <laughs> you know, I can't really incentivize them by, oh yeah, let me uh, throw some cash your way. But passion is patience. So yes, so we'll get it. We'll get it as we always have in the past, and uh, we'll get uh, get some shirts out there for you guys, those that are looking for those. Now it's all said and done. Nick, got any news? Yeah, we got a thing or two. Oh, Rob, you let us down. Oh, fail. Too late. News, no news. No, too late. All right, what you got? This is Kerry Shirley with Gas Powered Helicopters. When I want to know the latest going ons with RC Helicopters, I listen to Dan and the guys at RC Heli Nation version 3. Alright, so here's what we got going on in the news. The first is a full-on solid rumor, that's right. Uh, I happened to spot uh, XL Power team pilot AJ Jaffe on uh, Facebook on the Hangout. Uh, I think it was the Hangout. Uh, having a conversation with someone asking if XL Power will ever release a three-bladed head for the Spectre V2 700. And uh, AJ made a comment about uh, something yet, basically insinuating that uh, there may be one in the works for the future. And I suspect AJ wouldn't have said anything 
unless there was some truth there. So if you're an XL power guy and uh, you're hoping for a three-bladed head, hang in there. There may be something in the future. If we can find any official uh, word on that, we'll certainly pass that on. And then uh, also in XL power news, uh, Nick Maxwell just released a video update on his YouTube channel uh, today, in fact, about the tail shaft recall for the Spectre V2 uh, NME. Uh, and the video is really about him testing the replacement tail shafts. So uh, Ra at XL Power sent him some shafts to sort of QC and make sure that the new hardening process was fine and the tail shafts were uh, not going to give out. And Nick Maxwell, based on this video, really gave it his all to beat on these things. My Lord, there's some little clips of some flying uh, and then a bunch of him talking in his shop. And he did everything from doing a tail touch on purpose in flight um, when it kept going from there, he uh, did all kinds of, you know, pyro maneuvers at extremely high head speeds, pyro TikToks, uh, just really abused the thing as hard and as heavy as he could. And uh, he's still, after 100 flights, got the same tail shaft on his helis. Um, and nice. this, this one's crazy. I couldn't believe it as I was watching the video today. Uh, he actually shortened one of his tail blades. So he was running like a 115 and a 110. And Dang, it up and, vibrating like crazy. Yeah, right. It was crazy loud, but he was really trying to like make this tail shaft give uh, and, you know, find where its limits were. And he spooled it up with no blades on. I think he even, by the sounds of the video, flew it that way too. And uh, no damage, tail shaft is still dead straight. So he's really pleased with the shafts, has uh, given Ra the okay that, uh, you know, the shafts are up to snuff. Uh, and in fact, Ra has already shipped them to retailers. So no word yet on when they'll arrive, but if the shipping gods are kind to us, uh, guys should be seeing replacement shafts from their uh, retailers in the near future. Uh, again, if you haven't reached out to your retailer about uh, receiving one of those, go ahead and do so now because uh, hopefully you'll uh, see one in the mail soon. So that's good news on that front. All right, switching gears for a minute over to Horizon Hobby. It looks like they are set to discontinue the popular Blade 480 helicopter. This has been kind of the Aww. largest helicopter available in their line for some time. I know they had larger uh, helis in the past, but uh, 480 with the stretch kit, so the 550 has kind of been, uh, you know, their largest uh, heli for the last few years here. Uh, and the 480 is currently on sale for 370 bucks on their website with the remaining stock in the U.S. I know I've heard from some uh, European friends that the kits are already out of stock uh, overseas. So if you're here in the U.S. and uh, interested in grabbing a kit for spare parts, I would do so right now because they're going to be gone very soon. All right, and then changing over to Scorpion Power Systems. Uh, they announced today that they've updated the manuals. Uh, we talked uh, a week or two ago about the updates to the uh, Tribunus 2 and 2 Plus ESCs. Uh, you can find those updated manuals on uh, their website, scorpionsystem.com. And again, these updates only apply to those ESCs with the mini USB port on the side. And then also uh, a little snippet to add to something last week. We're doing a lot of additions to last week's news here. But uh, we talked about the Kenico Theta Servo box set. And I learned today that Theta has decided in order to protect Kenny's custom tuning settings, right? Because it's really... A set of theta servos with Kenny's uh, custom flight settings or, or tuning within the servo. Uh, they've removed the NFC programming ability of the Kenny Co servos, which what? means you can't program the servo centering and you can't set them to 760. You know, they come at 1520. You can't flip them to 760. Um, they're, they're locked down, you know, kind of what you would expect from a standard servo. Uh, so so they, if you want to get, they got to be cheaper, right? I mean, they are a little bit cheaper for sure. The whole box set uh, is a little bit less. Um, 
than the Razer C1 and T1 if you were to buy them as a set of three and one. Uh, but it, it, to me, it, it seems like kind of a poor choice that one of the, the big draws to Theta service for a lot of guys has been this programming functionality. And from what I understand, they want to keep Kenny's tuning uh, private is what I've wow. heard from uh, some of the guys on the Theta team. Um, so they decided what? to lock it down so that others. What's the significance uh, of servo frequency and tuning settings? Is the, is, is the competition really that thick at that level uh, where they're like, don't no, you can't see my servo settings because you might beat me. I don't know if it's necessarily for competition beating in terms of like at global 3d, for example, I think it's, they don't want other servo manufacturers to be able to see how they've set the gains and the settings within the servo that, you know, these are sort of trade secrets type of thing. That's the impression I'm under. Uh And again, you know, from conversations with various guys on the team. Um, so again, I don't know that that's been very evident in a lot of the materials that have come out with the servo. Uh, so. Uh, if you are interested in programming, I would not go with the Kenny Co. Edition. I'd go with the standard Razer C1 and T1, which are excellent servos. I have a bunch in some of my alleys. Um, but uh, Dude, sure yeah. at some point, somebody is going to have like come out on some forum and be like, yo, I got Kenny Co. settings. Just program your servos. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. I'll sell um, them to you, man. I'll sell I, them I mean, to you. honestly, a lot of those guys, and you know, I haven't asked Kenny personally, will often you know hand you those settings if you ask anyone i mean nick maxwell will yeah. give you his radio program if you want it because yeah. he knows that it's about the pilot it's not about the numbers on the radio or that, that's FBL. what i thought the spirit of this was yeah but that's why i was like this is a weird choice to do that to the servos it seems very adversarial it's weird yeah I, I get it uh, but i get it i do i get the fact that they want to protect some of the you know inner workings of what they're doing and not necessarily broadcast you know, their secret sauce to other manufacturers. You know, I get that. But I mean, could they not have updated the app to recognize the server and go, oh, this is a Kenny Co. So the only adjustable setting I'm going to show you and unlock is the servo centering and then lock down the other parameters and conceal them from you. But I don't know how easy that is to do. You know, it always seems easy to just, oh, you just fix the app. But, you know, I'm sure it's much harder than that, actually. Dude, if another company wants to do it, they're just going to hook it up to STM32 or something like that, hardwire the servo to their computer and reverse engineer it anyway. The NFC being on or off isn't going to matter to another manufacturer that wants to steal the technology. I mean, come on. God, if you, Rob. If you say so is what I'm going to say to that, Rob. Wow, I, uh, that's uh, that that's over my head. <laughs> Dude, we uh, all yes. use them right now. The ca- okay, the Castlelink programmer, the little thing with the three pins on the end, that's a little STM controller. You, you could just set that, program the thing, for flat whatever if a manufacturer is going to steal your shit they've got those things just laying around on their bench right they're going to plug one of those yeah. things in take the servo plug it in and then just read it so i mean yeah i'm sure if that's, my sense about that. but that's the decision they've made and uh just want to make sure folks know so you can make wise decisions over uh which servos you decide to purchase and then there's one more piece of news this week that's uh Definitely a little bit of sad news that uh, we hear at RC Heli Nation. Uh, we're certainly sad to hear. Uh, but for that, we're going to throw it over uh, to Devin to hand that out. Everyone who's even on the East Coast or Midwest, Mideast, you know of uh, Shannon at Only Fine Helis. He has announced last week that he, after 20 years, he is closing up shop. That is very Aww. sad news to everybody, I'm sure. It hit, yeah. me, very, it hit me a little differently. He was... One, he was one of the first people I flew for when I be- became sponsored and has been there tremendously for me for for everything like all the rest of my sponsors have but um, Shannon also did say 
regarding his closing up shop that they still will be him and Caleb will still be attending events just as pilots though not as vendors I mean, yeah, if, if you've cool. come to a fun fly Dan I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen his setup but uh, you know he brings this yep. huge trailer full of spare parts and I personally bought him out of XL Power V1 parts a couple years ago <laughs> he, uh, trying he to get a bird back into the air and, and it was just awesome super helpful didn't back in the day you know back when I was in the hobby but I know he was very um, I know a lot of the listeners uh, especially like Michael Lutke out of, out of uh, Puerto Rico and big supporters and I know he was uh, pretty uh, pretty well involved in the hobby I guess we found out because we saw somebody's t-shirt that 2012 was when they started so uh, you know we were I, I think they were I remember hearing about them and, and talking with them I don't think that their presence had grown to what it eventually had become uh, and you know until after version 2 it kind of stopped so I uh, think I've met Shannon once I can't recall for sure, but definitely aware. Yeah, never a good day when that happens in the hobby. No, we're definitely uh, sad to see sad to see him go. We understand why, but uh, we'll uh, we'll miss you, Shannon. We're looking forward to seeing you at some fun flies. Yep, stay the same. And with that, that's uh, all the news for this week. So, as we mentioned, guys, we have a special guest on tonight's show. You guys might recognize this name scott graham hey guys how's it going what's up scott what's up man hey scott hey glad to be here so scott we're going to talk a little bit about the fun fly that uh nick and i and you and a bunch of other folks went to this week but before we do that we want to learn a little bit about you right we want to kind of understand how you got your start in the hobby you know some of your experiences as you were learning to progress because wow you can fly. <laughs> it was all fraudulent elections. <laughs> fraudulent elections. <laughs> so hanging chads. We we were the when I showed up and I, I just said we weren't going to talk about the bone fly, but we are going to just for one second. When I first showed up, didn't recognize you because your Facebook, your much younger face in that Facebook post. I'm just going to say it. Ouch! Is that like a six year old photo? Because oh, seriously? actually, it is. No? Gosh, it's been forever. It is actually is. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, so Scott brings a, uh, you know, I I couldn't bring a generator because we were in my wife's car and I asked him if he could help me out with that. And so he brings a generator for me to use. And so he and another guy are there and I'm like, yeah, so Scott Graham said he was going to bring, and he's like, oh yeah, dude, that's me, dumbass. (laughs) I was not saying that. He didn't, yeah, he didn't say it quite like that. But but thanks for that, by the way. That was a lifesaver. No problem. Let's talk a little bit about uh, and of course, guys, Devin, Rob, and, and Nick, feel free to jump in and ask questions whenever you'd like. But uh, let's talk a little about your start in the hobby. And did it start with helicopters? Did it start with planes like mine did? You know, did did you, you know, how old were you? And I heard a rumor, and maybe you could confirm that you were kind of a sim baby. Is that a, there's some truth to that? Kind of, a little bit. I mean, I grew up in the time when everyone was saying, oh, you know, if you if you want to learn helis, you'll save money if you get a sim. So I think it was mm-hmm. like Real Flight Deluxe back then with like a multi-pin parallel plug into the back of the PC. Like it was old. It was oh, crappy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I started just with helis uh, out in California. We had no idea what we were doing. We bought a ton of eBay helis trying to figure it out. Didn't know how to program a radio. Bought unprogrammed radios and just was on the same frequency and figured must be good spooled them up exploded them i think it was <laughs> nice. like yeah 
We spent like six years doing that. I like started in 2000 and didn't get a helicopter to fly until 2006 in real life. Wow. When you say we, who, was, who else was with you? Uh, just me and my dad. Like my dad thought it was super cool. Uh, he took me to a, a, an airport kind of thing, like an RC airport airfield, um, just to see it, see if I was interested. And I was obsessed. I just wanted to try it. And it seemed like the coolest thing in the world. Um, he unfortunately couldn't fly. I don't know why. It's just one of those people where it never clicked. But he always loved to see, you know, see him fly in the air and stuff. So he tried to get me to get into it. So I spent like six years during that whole time just simming because I could never get anything in real life to fly. So every Holy time I'd shit. explode something, yeah, like way too long. Every time I'd blow something up, I'd go back to uh, raptortechnique.com and start reading again and figuring out what I did wrong. <laughs> I remember that site. I remember yeah, it was, that it's site. still there. Is it still there? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that takes me back. And so, I mean, you must have been like me. Uh, of course, you're, let's say I started in 2006 or no, no, it wasn't quite then. It was 2008. Um, you, well, you might have been more advanced by this time, but um, I, like I consumed every Finless Bob video ever produced, like oh, multiple yeah. times. Big yeah. time. Yeah. That was crazy because I, I even like to the point where I was buying the same radios he was using because I was like, I, it's like, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to make sure that, you know, because I could follow along, you know, the 9503 and Rob, you had a 9503, right? Yeah, that was the thing to have back then. Oh, yeah, it was a great radio. Right? All right, so, so be honest. How many times did you watch those nitro tuning videos and listen as hard as you could and not tell the difference between lean and rich? <laughs> no, dude, look, when I when I started down my nitro path. I did exactly that. Like you're trying to listen. You're like, it just doesn't come through on video, right? That just is not, that doesn't come through. And I remember, uh, fortunately, when I did, you know, I had some good friends that were, you know, Nick Lynn being one of them from the uh, uh, version two of the show, kind of walked me through it. But I just remember one day early in the Nitro career, I it, it's like I had a conversation with the helicopter and it was a, uh, a T-Rex 700 Nitro with a YS-91. And I just remember I was really struggling lean rich, lean rich. I don't know. I don't know, you know, even to the point where I was uh, infrared. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> infrared temperature, like, oh, this has got to work, you know. I, I can turn this off temperature, right? You know, and, and then, you know, lots of variables come into play there. And I just remember one day I was at the field by myself and I, I had a shit ton of cold power and I just thought, you know, one of two things is going to happen by the end of this day. I'm going to understand how to get a decent, at least by my perspective, a decent tune, or I'm going to blow the, blow this fucking heli apart. One of the two <laughs> things is going to happen, right? And and luckily it just, and now I actually, uh, I feel pretty good about my ability to tune nitro, um, at least for someone that flies at how I fly. But um you know, it just was one of those things. It's like this mental game. It's just like, just fucking do it. And yeah, yeah you you may, I did burnt up a few engines or a few motors doing that, right? I think that makes the difference. I mean, literally just burn up a motor, learn what it takes to burn it up. What does it sound like? What does it do? Because trying to be super gentle and like creep up to the limit bit by bit, it's just such a pain in the ass and you never really get anywhere. Yeah, and these one and two click changes. Yeah, I, I suppose once you're getting into that zone, that sweet zone, that's great, right? One and two clicks here and there, just to kind of, you know, when you can feel it, you can understand it. But when you're learning it, the difference between one click and three clicks is significant enough that you can actually decipher a difference. 
Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, and we all and, didn't uh, grow up with a, uh, a McToon for a daddy, so. That's right. You're spoiled. <laughs> wow. Wow. Devin. wow. You're spoiled, Devin. You're spoiled. Okay? I blew up one motor in my tuning process. That's yeah. it? Ollie's? Yeah. Did you get grounded? Like, what <laughs> do you remember do that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. No, I, <laughs> I, 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 got, I bet here's what he did. He, he sat you down and he said, I'm so fucking disappointed in you, Devin. That's what he did, right? <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> the talk? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, I got a reputation here, dude. He's like, dude, Why, I'm McToon. Come on. Come on, yeah. don't don't make me look bad, you little <laughs> bastard. Yeah, this exactly. kid's got the birds and the bees. This kid got the lean and the rich. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> the, long, the long and the short needle of it. You know what? It was great, though, because after I learned lean and rich, it was great to go to a fun fly and just sit there and like, oh, that guy's motor's about to blow up and just, yeah, bang. <laughs> Boom. So Sorry. you got into the, we, you know, I kind of sidetracked us there, but um, you, you simmed for six years. You, you started, what type of helis were you buying when you first got, into the oh. point where you're flying bigger helis. Or I guess back then it was all bigger helis, right? That's what yeah. I started with. We didn't yeah. have really micros back then. First thing I bought, I think, was a XL30 or an XL60. I don't remember. I was super young. I was like 10 or something and could barely tell what was what. But uh, that thing just never worked. And then we tried, a, I think it was like an Eagle something. I don't remember. Then we gave up with Nitro. I bought an MS Composite Hornet, I think it was called. Oh my gosh. An electric piece of junk, fixed pitch. Dude, that's some old school. Yeah. yeah. That didn't work uh, at all. And then quit for a couple of years, just simmed through those years. And that's about the time I think I met Jason Bell. We met through Real Flight oh. and a multiplayer. <laughs> oh, very good. Good uh, connection that, there. Yeah, definitely. Um, did that for a, a while. And then I picked up a Raptor 60 on eBay. And that thing was was the one that worked. Yeah, and then like right after that, built a Raptor 50, gained even more momentum, and then I bought a T Rex 450 SE, and that's what oh, like God. shot me into 3D. So yeah, can, I had one. Back you up for a minute, if I can jump in. Yeah. Like, what was it like when after six years you you finally had that first successful hover after like a million you know failed eBay attempts and whatnot? Well, it was it was terrifying because I had no real idea if flying in real life was really like the sim. So. I could fly 3D on the sim and everything and do TikToks, but my first flight had wiffle balls and sticks in the bottom just oh, in case. Absolutely, dude. It was such a rush, though. When I got it in the air, it was I was ecstatic and absolutely hooked. And yeah, then I, I think flight number two uh, destroyed the thing because I had a six-volt receiver pack, and I had no clue what I was doing, so I thought six volts was charged. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Brown. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Tail gyro oh. went and it just started spinning and I was like, oh, oh that's gone. <laughs> so when you when you stepped into the Raptors and you got into like the Raptor 50, did you, did you end up with the Raptor 90 back? Because that was the that was the cat's meow back then, right? That's yeah. what everybody wanted. I wanted one so bad. Alan Zabo had one with a blue and white canopy and yeah. I used to lust for that thing so bad. Never got one. Did you build your own blades back then? I never did the woody uh, and never the glue the and the wrap. I had them. I, I learned how to do it, and I was like, there's no way I'm flying this. Right. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to explode it. Right. We had Mavericks back then because uh, yeah, they, so were, they were pretty decent. Cheap. Yeah. 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 So I those. I, Mavericks were, were quite the thing back in the day. Uh, I remember Helipros. I'm sure other people sold them as well, but I used to get mine from Helipros back in the day. But So you're, you're flying like a Raptor 50, that kind of that 50-size uh, Nitro uh, and then, of course, you got the the small SE 450. 
that's the one that kind of brought you into uh, better progression. Was it, it a was it a mental game for you? It just not as intimidating, or what? What was the contributing factor? It was more that my dad and I had no idea what we were doing with nitro, so I was okay. absolutely terrified to flip it upside down and wait for the engine to quit. And mm, for some yeah. reason, I did so much reading about like overspeeding the blades and being scared they were going to explode or something. So like, mm. I didn't have a governor; it was all curved. So I'd flip it upside down; it would start racing away, and I'd get scared. And you know, it's okay. not not my money; it's my dad's money, kind of thing. So I was I was just terrified. But that four fifty, sure. it was small, it was cheap, it was governed, it was reliable. That's when it really started. Because I even tried going electric too with the Raptors. Because remember, God, what was it called? Thunder Packs or something sold an electric conversion with a Z Power motor. Yes. And yep. I did that whole thing, cut the Raptor up, built it up. And for some reason, I kept blowing up the Castle Creations ESCs. What? But apparently, if you zip tie them down to the frame in the wrong place, it like squeezes the boards and they just shore out. So I killed yeah, like three of them. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. And. Eventually, they wrote us back and they're like, yeah, you got to stop zip tying them here because it doesn't work. <laughs> and then we finally got it working. I flew it in my living room, believe it or not. And mm. I got a video posted on Heli Freak. Got banned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll do it. So you're the, you're the guy that I, I remember back in the day. Obviously, it wasn't you, but, you know, thinking of the, the videos of I people flying. Do you remember the Raptor 90 in the in living the room? Living room yeah. <laughs> Curtains are flapping no. around and shit. And it's just it on the couch. On the couch. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm like, what are you doing? That's oh what gave God. me the idea. I'm like, well, if they can do it, <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> and yeah. No one died there. No one will die here, yeah. right? Yeah. So I oh think it was God. Rick Lore. He, uh, he did not think that was creative. And he banned my ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've had a few Heli Freak bands myself. Yeah. Yeah, over the years. Couple couple lifetime bands. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> way, really. <laughs> oh a yeah. Couple of them. <laughs> yeah. It's actually three of them actually over over the years. It's fantastic. But it wasn't because I was wasn't because I was, you know, flying helis in the living room. Uh, I was pissing other people off, apparently, somehow. Now that's but like anyway. a sport. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what everybody does. It's called the hangout. That's the goal. <laughs> so, how you're how old when you get the the Align SE? Uh, I think it was my 16th birthday, actually. 16. Yeah. So you're you're kind of midway or just starting high school. Did you fly all through? I mean, uh, was that kind of your thing during high school, or was it just kind of something you did on the side? Because I mean, I, you, you know, you've heard the saying. But it takes 10,000 hours to master something. You've heard that. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm guessing that you've got close to 20,000 hours based on what I saw. I, I, you know, yeah, uh, I wish I knew. I mean, it's it definitely was my thing all through high school. I mean, I simmed like every day. I played it like a video game. I'd just sit in the computer, play music, and go. But uh, I really didn't progress a lot, if that makes sense. Like, I did a lot of repetitive stuff. I didn't focus on mm -hmm. the basics. I kind of half-assed everything. I think the coolest thing I could pull off was like a half-assed pyro flip, some TikToks, and a Mobius. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I think 2019 when uh, when A Main was talking about picking me up. That's when I really was like, okay, we gotta we gotta figure something out. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Starting of 2019, I could not hover inverted nose in controlled. Wow. Yeah. So I hit the books hard, Damn. and I did like all those yeah. full pool school videos, and yeah. I did those to force myself to learn all that stuff. And yeah, those helped me. Yeah, exactly. That did the biggest thing for me that I could ever imagine. You know, Scott, so, you, you mentioned that. I think a lot of people end up doing that, what you did. 
Uh, you know, you start off in the sim, you get really bold in the sim, and so it it's boring to sit there and hover side in for 30 seconds and nose in for 30 seconds. And it's boring to do all those basic routines on the sim, right? So you skip right ahead to some of these other maneuvers and then you realize you don't know the fundamentals. Yeah. You know, that's that's how it was for me too at the beginning, you know? Yeah, the crash costs are really good on the sim. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You can't beat that, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was so um, timid growing up flying too. Like I never, I think I crashed three times in 17 years. And wow. then when I started really trying, like when I was an adult, I started plowing everything into the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're how old in uh, 2019? How old are you in 2019, roughly? And that's when A-Man picked you up? Yeah, I was 29, I think. 29, okay. Yeah. So when you decided that you were going to start taking it a little more seriously, was there a was there a particular pilot that you kind of found as inspiration? Uh, you know, I think we all have one. I definitely have one. Uh, and I'll tell you who that is after you tell me who yours is. <laughs> okay. Uh, obviously, my bud Jason Bell, he's he's definitely been some inf- inspiration. He was the first electric 12S heli I ever saw fly. I've never seen that stuff before. Um, that was wild. Absolutely blew my mind. And then obviously, Kyle Stacy, him and I have been friends for a long time, too. It was like a group of us when we used to sim, we'd also play Call of Duty. So it was Phil Wynn, Jason Bell, Kyle Stacy. And myself, and we just play COD every day through high school, like, wow. and then we'd sim too. So we were all kind of tight knit friends. So I see their flights. So they obviously were kind of, you know, heroes, if you would, for for flying skill. Um, but growing yeah. up, you know, it was it was Bobby Watts and it was uh, Matt Bodos. Really, were the two big names, I think. Yeah, and that's Bobby Watts was mine, and I was able to when I was first kind of getting into the hobby and you know he was working with miniature aircraft at the time and i would spend quite a bit of time over in billings uh because i was living in montana of course it was still a long drive but i was able to go there and he was there quite often and and just kind of from a distance just kind of watch his style and i love that style and your style is, is pretty similar to that that kind of that i always called it uh kind of that smooth purposeful everything leads to a new transition it doesn't feel reactionary uh and it's like it, it's like painting almost in that yeah. every, everything kind of just rolls into something new right like a flow state right flow and state. it's um yeah it's just a i don't know i probably using one of rob's words here but the word zen comes to mind right it's just this really connected feeling to the helicopter and just watching it very purposefully go from one to the next to the next to the next instead of just kind of reacting to what is happening leaving a maneuver and then just picking something out of your mind it's like almost you know not that you were doing the same thing every time but it's like and i don't know you know i can't get inside your head but um it's like you kind of know like three maneuvers ahead where you're headed right and you kind of set yourself up for that uh, before you get to it, right? I, I, that may or may not be the case, but that's what it feels like watching you fly. Yeah, my big thing is like there's a certain couple maneuvers like I really want to do. It'll like pop in my head and I go, yeah, I want to do that. So I do a couple maneuvers to like get the heli over to where I want and the angle I want, and then I execute the one I really wanted to do. Right. Assuming I didn't biff it before then. <laughs> I, I have this issue too like I'll, I'll try and do stuff like that and i'll do the one i want but i never thought of anything after that like no exit strategy 
and I'll just completely plant it after that because right. I was like, yeah, I did what I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dang it. Exactly. That's awesome. Wow, that was really, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you've witnessed a few of those, Devin. I, I was, I've been standing next to you for a couple of them. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. I forgot what to do after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or he'll be flying and he'll be like, oh, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go pick up that cone over there. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I love I that video. One question that I used to ask, you know, the pros and the, and the really, really good pilots back in the day when we would interview kind of the bigger names in the hobby is what, you know, kind of what's going through your mind as you're, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming at some point you've competed, right? Have you have you gone through the any of the competitions? Have you done anything like that? The only thing I've done was one F3N competition in Virginia, and it wasn't even like Nats or anything serious. Like, I've always wanted to compete, but I, I grew up as one of those, like, backyard flyers. So okay. my first ever event I went to was in 2017, I think. Now, you're obviously not in California anymore, right? So... Mm-hmm. When did you make the transition from California? Were you uh, like after high school, college type type deal? Or um, so in two thousand seven, actually, uh, my whole family moved to New York. Oh, okay. okay. So I actually moved to where Chris Diamante lives now. We just didn't know each other. I don't think he flew when I lived there either. But the hobby was pretty dead at that point. There wasn't a lot of people in New York that did it. At least the area I'm in. Um. That's kind of when I started to progress out of it and lose interest. And I actually, okay. I still had helicopters. I had a, I think a 450 and a 600 fly bar and they just sat on a shelf for like nine years or something. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And I got married in 2017 and I was like, you know what? I really want to get back into this hobby because I miss it. It was absolutely interesting when I was a kid. I, I'm sure I'll get obsessed again. So I figured I've already got a wife. She can't leave me now when she finds out how geeky this is. So <laughs> I went and bought, I way overspent, but I, I went and bought an old, rap, uh, sorry, an old XL Fury off eBay. Mm. Uh, just pre-built, ready to go because I just nostalgia, you know. It was like the coolest kit when I was growing up. I always wanted one, especially like a Bobby Watts edition Stratus, but I could never, never find one. But I picked that up. My intent was just to cruise, don't do 3D, enjoy myself, hang out with the old airplane guys. And I'll be damned the first time I flipped it upside down backs and that was it. Came over. Oh. It was on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to, man, I I think an interesting conversation would be to kind of, you know, and we don't have time for this one now, but maybe you've got a few a few thoughts you can share with us on on it is kind of that mental aspect that most people go through and you and I actually talked about it a little bit at the fun play this weekend and you know there's there's weak points in you know in everybody's flying in one way or another but they're obviously more prevalent in newer pilots or pilots that just haven't been able to break out of a rut in the mental game involved with getting past those, you know, one of the big things that I've always kind of struggled with is how to set a realistic goal, like a a real goal that is actually attainable, but then also to understand when you've attained it. Like, uh, you know, cause let's be honest, I know I've done it. Um, you, you kind of kid yourself and you're like, Oh yeah, I, you know, I I know how to, you know, whether it's an orientation, mastering an orientation. Yeah, I can do it. I got that. Let's move on. But you haven't, you haven't really, really nailed it, right? Yeah. And obviously, there's a mental game there. And 
Uh, I'd love to have a chat with you one of these days uh, about that. We can dive into that topic. But did you, you went through that, I'm guessing. You know, you didn't say that you did, but almost everybody does. How did you get past it? Yeah, it was the the whole accountability thing. Like, I, I realized I had a problem with some orientations. I had a lot of gray areas and it was honestly like embarrassment. I'm like, there's, they're talking about bringing me, bringing me onto a team. And obviously the era that I grew up in being a team pilot was a massive yes. thing to be proud yes. of. Yes, so it was. here I am going, I'm not worthy of this. Like I need to fix so much with my flying. So I literally stayed up. I, I had like a conversation with my wife. I'm like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I have to get better. I sat in bed at night and simmed while she slept, <laughs> like to try and improve things. And I, I get this like discomfort feeling in certain orientations and I can feel that I'm not comfortable. So I hunted that out. Like anytime I found that feeling, I would just hammer that out the best I could. And then cones, yeah, nice. like holding myself position wise in real life over cones. Like let's say that I want to do elevator flips in all orientations. If I can't keep it on top of a cone, I don't know it. If I drift, like the disc diameter drifts off that cone, I need to fix it and keep working on it. So I just hammered it out best I could. That's it. That takes a, a fair amount of discipline to do that. I mean, to honestly do that. Uh, yeah. I think a lot yeah. of us kind of kid ourselves. I, I know I do, I, for sure. Like, uh, been guilty of that ever since. Because you just, you know, you're like, uh, you might get pretty motivated. And you might stick to it for a week or two, and then you're just like, you know, let's go do something else. But the only thing you're really cheating is yourself at that point. But then, you know, let's understand not everybody is interested in smacking down, right? And, yeah. and that's okay too, right? It's uh, um, some people are perfectly content with uh, doing circuits upright all day long. They just want to watch the beautiful heli fly, and they know they're doing it, and they're doing it well, right? Yeah, and uh, that's, that's okay too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just just understand where you want to take it. I guess is kind of the you know, and be honest with yourself and know your limitations. Like, uh, you know, I know that uh, my eye hand coordination at fifty years old is nowhere where it used to be, even when I started the hobby. And there's some definite limitations there, right? But I'm okay with that. At the same time, I still want to, you know, I think all of us deep down, like, oh yeah, especially when you watch someone like you or Devin fly. Or hell, even Nick was doing some really nice smooth stuff, right? And I'm like, I should be able to do that, right? Like just really smooth, whatever, right? Uh, but just forcing yourself to really understand how to make it happen and, and, and actually do it. Yeah, it's a good idea, like you said, to define what you want out of it as well. And I try and keep myself in check when I'm trying to help people. Like if I hang out at the field with you for more than a few flights, like I'm going to start throwing pointers and try and help because it's just what I like to see as other people progress. But most of the time I'll try and pump the brakes and say, you know, what do you want out of the hobby? Do you want to fly 3D? Do you want to throw down? Like what level do you want to be at? Do you want to compete? Like where do you want to be? And based on that answer, that's how much I'll try and help you out. Like if right. you just want to do some flips and fly some 3D and have some fun, I'm not going to mention anything about like, you know, you're a little too far to the left. That maneuver wasn't centered sort of thing. But right. If you want to, you know, try and compete and like work together with me and we can both progress together and stuff, then hell yeah, we're going to make comments about flights and be super honest. 
you know, like, like everyone does the, oh, it was an awesome flight. And it really, you know, all flights are great, but there's always comments you can do about, oh, well, this could be cleaned up. That could be cleaned up. But you never want to say something like that to, you know, someone that's right. new or someone that doesn't care to clean that stuff up. You know, yeah, it's hard yeah. to find honest opinions about flights. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah, a without good it sounding like yeah, totally true, or something. Actually. Yeah, totally. I was going to say, because yeah. unless like I know in like. For me and Scott, when we're together, we definitely do that to each other. We'll heck, we'll heckle each other's flights. I mean, yeah, we still say it's a good flight, but then you know he'll point out, well, you didn't do this, and you just sit there and you're like, yeah, yeah, all right, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Or or the whole saw that. It's always fun when you you like watch a flight and there's just people that you know a certain level or whatever, or if they're motivated to get better, you hear the little digs like huh, almost hit the ground there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it and it also kind of depends on how well you know the person too. I'd mm-hmm. say that but like for and I keep using this example between me and you, Scott. We know each other so well. So we know exactly how each other's gonna react to if we start heckling each other's flights or you know, giving <laughs> that kind of pointers and shit like that. Yeah. So You're on with A Main and you're you you obviously took that position as mm-hmm. a pilot for A Main. Yeah. What's what's next? Who who's I mean, have you had other other uh sponsors? Yeah, I mean I I inadvertently jumped around a little bit. Like I had no intention to. I was on A Main for a bit. Um then I jumped over to SAB Factory and I was team manager for BK Hobbies for about a year. Um unfortunately, I don't know what happened. Certain life events, a bunch of stuff personally in my life was going on. Uh fell victim to a little bit of depression, I guess, and didn't realize it lost interest in all my hobbies and I totally quit helicopters like January, February of this year, quit mountain biking, lost interest in cars, tried to find new hobbies and stuff. It just didn't work. Uh, about four or five months after that, I realized I made a huge mistake and had to like rebuy everything and get back into it. And at that point, Frank Columbia was one of the few people that, that literally like asked about me all the time to see if I was okay, see if I was coming back. He was super disappointed that I left the hobby. And the first time I met up with him uh, at the local field, because he flies at Charlotte here sometimes, um, you know, he sat down and he, he told me, it's, you know, it was, he was really glad I came back. He was super disappointed to see me go and everything. And, and we had a really long, good conversation. And he welcomed me back on the A-Main, no pressure, no questions asked kind of thing. He said, you know what, we just, we love you. We love the way you do things. You bring joy to the hobby and, and we just want you to be a part of that. There's no, no obligation, no requirements. If you can't make stuff because you're busy with the family and the kid, like no pressure, but we want you to be on a main and, and just, even if you just fly locally at the field and help people like that, that's all we want. We want you to be happy. So, um, that went a long way for me. So sure. honestly, like a main's home and I plan to stay there. Oh, that's, that's good. Cool, yeah. Man. That's yeah awesome. That's, that's, um, that's that's tough to be in today because you know it is it's a it's very tight competitively mm-hmm. whether they're uh, uh wholesalers retailers manufacturers they are um you know they're competing for a ever shrinking piece of the pie right yeah uh so they to to have that type of loyalty that's that's that says a lot uh about any one given manufacturer or sponsor whoever that might be I agree. So that, I was, I was blown away. Yeah, that's good news. So, again, I hate to keep keep harping on it, but man, <laughs> you know, watching you fly is is quite quite impressive. 
are you, do you are you looking to potentially compete? Is that I mean, I dude, you must have put I don't know Friday. What what you must what forty flights in that day? <laughs> I think it was in the twenties. <laughs> well, only the twenties. I, I don't know, but I think you're being modest, man. I I just I <laughs> it was just a lot one after the other, a lot of flying. Are you contemplating any type? You know, moving into any type of competition or anything like that? Is Absolutely. That, uh, I is was. That, that's your plan. I was very disappointed that life just happened a certain way where I missed Nats this year because I would have loved to have tried and been competitive at F3N and try and go to go to Worlds because it was here, which is amazing. Uh, that means I don't right. have to travel to another country or something, which I could never pull off right now with a with a toddler, you know. Sure. Um, so it was a I think it was a huge opportunity I missed. Not that I think I'm there at that level, but I thought if I really knuckled down, I think I could have just squeaked in. Uh, sure. possibly made that. I'm not sure. I know there's so many good pilots. Probably would have had my ass kicked because I heard that Jamie Robertson came back. So <laughs> given everyone that competed at this point, no room, but it would have been fun to to try. You know? Yeah, that, that's cool, man. I, I think that'd be great to see kind of up on, on there on that uh, international scene competing with all those guys. That, that would be kind of cool. I think yeah. that'd be awesome. I think I just need to hang out with Devin a little more, maybe, you know, hold his hips when he flies and, and get some pointers. You've yeah, done that already. I know. Kind of like, <laughs> You've done that before. Like, like a scene like, from Ghost. Yeah. Oh, that's Scott. I could tell by the hands. <laughs> that's sad when you can recognize the hands on the hips. And I can. And there's buddy. not many people that are significantly taller than me, and I can feel you breathing on my hair. So yeah. <laughs> oh man, things your dad wishes he could say. <laughs> that is awesome no yeah no shit dude how tall are you anyway like six six no no i think You're i'm that six three or six two okay, something like yeah. that i was gonna say right around there because i'm like i'm six foot so you don't tower over me but it's just enough to dude, wear, there's like, no way you're six foot tall come on yeah i am yeah oh are you yeah oh, i, thought, I, I thought just you don't like think five. you've ever seen him stand up straight <laughs> yeah because he does this thing when he flies he leans forward really far yeah, okay. I'm not, my name's not Andrew Locks. Come on. I was Ooh. thinking you're like five seven. No, not no, not oh. even close. My parents, my dad's five five. <laughs> I think somewhere around that. I don't remember. Uh, all right. Well, no, that was. Uh, let's kind of segue into the uh, fun fly, man. That um, pretty good, beautiful field, by the way, man. My God, uh, the location kind of out in the country, very nice. Uh, hay bales. <laughs> which really aren't a problem but i i did notice that you, you might have yeah i mean i don't think you smashed one into the hay bales but you did clip one of them i understood right yeah i clipped the main you know blades that, on a hay bale that <laughs> makes me want to try have you ever seen the video of i don't know who it was landing on the hay bale i did that yeah, was that that? You, yeah Scott? Scott did that. i remember seeing one i remember seeing one on youtube of landing gear in the hay bale on the side of the hay bale I oh, think wow. what you're talking about was a small T-Rex 450 and the yes. guy flew into the side of it and his blade stuck in and his landing gear and there was no damage. Yes. Yeah, oh, it blew my mind. <laughs> Jeez. Did he go buy a lottery ticket after that? He oh, needs one. That's crazy. No, it was uh, Nick and I were there. It was, it was great fun. It was the Rotor City. Or no, that's not it. Yeah, Race City, Rotor Race Fest. City. Race City, Rotor Fest. Yeah, too, too many R's, man. Come on. In the Statesville, right? Yes, sir. Statesville, yeah. North Carolina. Statesville, North Carolina. The perpetual construction city, apparently, is what I found driving through there. What road Every did you road, take? 40? Uh, I don't know, man. I didn't drive. Oh, okay. I was I was, uh, 
I was just kind of the passenger. I can't, well, I can drive now. I was released, but uh, I don't know. Wherever we went, there was road construction. It was kind of nice. I like it. Yeah. Well, you know that the, the traffic cone is North Carolina State Bird, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what in Montana we call that. Uh, that's the uh, summertime, official Montana summertime color. Traffic cone, <laughs> traffic cone orange. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what was the attendance? Did you get a number on that? Oh, I don't know. I saw the sign-up sheet. We were in the 30s, I believe, which yeah. for a first-time event, I think that's pretty good. Like yeah. the, the name is three events old, but this is the first one in Statesville. So we, um, I, had, I had you go over my, my brand new heli. Appreciate that. Got Ooh. to fly it. Tell us what you thought of it. I was blown away with how stable it was. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you even heard me comment. I, I've, I did. Yeah. Hovered a little bit, did a, a little flippy thing, got a little bit more comfortable. I was like, I wonder if you'd mind if I smacked it a little bit. So I figured you wouldn't mind. Yeah, <laughs> I flipped I it over. Mind. And I, I always do this thing that I just use just to see how stable it is. I flip it, invert it, and then I just whap, smack it down. And some helis will wiggle. Some will drop the side of the disc a little bit. Um, different fly bar lists handle it different ways. But it just kind of shows, you know, no cyclic input, hard collective stop while it's traveling. How stable is it? Dude, this thing was pin straight, didn't wiggle, just flap and it made an awesome noise and it kept going dead straight. And you heard me. I was like, holy shit, this is stable. Well, you know, <laughs> you know why, right? Because I built it. Yeah, of course. Can you build my helicopters? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I like that heli. It's I'm not I'm not real comfortable with the color, I don't think. Uh gonna we're gonna work on it a little bit. We were talking about that at the beginning of the show. It's uh you know, you actually, you were standing right there, right when I first took it off, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And you're like, "What? What?" I, I, I oh, thought yeah. I'd lost the tail, like because it, it um, kind of started doing that weird. Is the tail behind your nose or is it in front of your nose? Right? Uh, yeah. I couldn't really couldn't really tell, but because um, we flew it without the canopy, which is my number one one of my rules, man. I I oh, I, I typically don't. Maybe the first few minutes of a flight, I'll fly without a canopy. I don't know how these guys do it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, almost a, for me anyway, it's like a, a, a must have, of course we put it right on, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a good heli. Um, so far so good anyway. Yeah. The white canopy they do for that. I assume that's going to look spectacular. Have yeah, I'm it? not, I have, yeah, they've got several different colors. I, I, uh, I'm going to stick with this one for a while cause I don't want to just be nilly with spending money on canopies to try to find that. Mat. I was thinking the yellow was going to work really well for me because, most of my, you know, SAB helis and others have that-ish mm-hmm. color scheme. But I mean, I thought uh, it was really visible. It, it does look a little symmetrical, though. Like, it's a little hard to tell whether it's towards you or facing the other way. I don't know. It's kind of the same yeah. shape viewing it from both sides for me. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, but I think it's just getting used to that pod and boom style. I haven't really flown yeah. that pod and boom style for for a long time. Throw some vinyl on that boom. Get some color yeah. in that back end. I yeah. think, think it'll go a long yeah. way. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to work on some of that. But uh, so anyway, we're at the event and uh, several folks there that I'd never met. It's always nice to go to uh, new events out here. Uh, all They're all new to me out here. Get to meet a lot of a lot of folks. Um, Nick, Nick showed up, got to meet Sean Hall. Of course, got to meet you, which was very nice. Um Nick, tell us, what were your thoughts of the fun flight? I mean, did you have any uh, initial thoughts? I know you. we, we only got to stay a day. Uh, well, actually, you went back the next day and flew for a bit, didn't you? 
Yeah, I went back Saturday and stayed till about two o'clock before I had to head to work. Um, I don't. I mean, it was definitely a small event, but you know, the the nice part about that was that you know you could fly as much as you want. Uh, What was really cool, and I'm, I'm glad you got to meet a lot of these folks, Dan, is that was really kind of the core Southeast. Carolina's kind of event crew, like a, a lot of the guys that came out there and there were certainly some, some folks missing from that, from that, but you know, a lot of the guys that came out there are all people I met at my first fun fly and have been at every fun fly since. And, you know, you start to get to know everybody and it was, you know, it was awesome to see a lot of those people. So, um, and I also managed to knock a bunch of flights out, which was awesome, but you know, more than that, it was just kind of great to see everybody and, and hang out with, you know, I'm not going to name names. There were, there were a lot of folks there, but, uh, you know, I like that sort of small feel. It felt yeah. like it was just a really big day at the field and a lot of people showed up. So we, we had, you know, we had a great time. Is this an event you put on or did you help put on or how does that, how did that all work in there? So Heliman, Mike Lawrence and I used to run the old one. Um, and then Kevin Tucker, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He used to own KBDD Blades. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, he wanted to do a fun fly in the area. Uh, he obviously is a member of that Statesville club. He told us that they're cool with night flying. They'll let us have the field. It's not a problem. So we started thinking of names and I was like, well, hey, we used to run Race City Rotor Fest. It's obviously close enough. We can probably keep the same name and people know it's a good time, you know? So let's just move that one because the field we did use, we kind of got not kicked out of, but the field, I don't think really appreciated helis as much as we wanted. Right. So we went ahead and just stopped doing it. So we used that to kind of revive it. So um, it was really Kevin, you know, Eric Shu helped a little. I helped a little. Mike Lawrence helped a little. Um, we all kind of chip in. So next year, we're really going to try and focus on that one, hit it hard because it was, I think, well received. Yeah. Um, but even the club yeah. is talking about buying night lights to try and keep this a thing. Damn, yeah, there was. That's awesome. I, wow. I. I didn't, I meant to come back in the evening for some spotlight flying, but oh my God, I was just so exhausted. I ended up going to sleep, but apparently I missed out. It was, it was probably my top three favorite events I've ever been to for night flying. Like, I don't know why everyone was just flying angry, flying fast and throwing down. It was, it was so much fun. (laughs) So do you prefer spotlight over, uh, nights or the, you know, I'm talking about the, um, yeah, construction, construction lights. lights. Yeah. Um, I think I do. Uh, the reason for it is I believe it brings another level of camaraderie because you've got three or four people that are obviously kind of involved in the flight too. Right. Uh, and they're concentrating on it. Oh, you know, not as much as you are, but close to it. And they're really into it. And I think it brings more people kind of together closer in that group. Um, where sometimes with construction lights, you can have two or three people flying and no one's watching them. No one's saying anything, you know? Yeah, right. it, it kind of brings a focus to that, and and I, I feel like people get more hyped. And I want to say that's the reason why there was so many insane flights, because <laughs> you felt that. like you felt like you owed it to the people holding the lights for sure. you. It's like I got I better do a good job because your arms are getting sore. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I don't know. If I can speak off like when we were in South Carolina at Triple Tree down there. We were doing that spotlight flight in the back pond there, Scott. There were like yeah. twenty people there. Yeah, it was outrageous. I was like. Where'd all these people come from? And it's like, they're coming out of their trailers because they're seeing spotlights. And usually usually what gets like assigned with spotlights, if, if someone's doing spotlight flying, it's either going into dirt or it's going to be some amazing shit that's about to happen. Exactly. Usually. So yeah, there's, 
There's typically more carnage with the spotlights, isn't there? I mean, because people have a tendency to kind of misjudge and get a little closer to the ground than maybe they anticipated or... I don't know. You can. I swear, yeah. you can see better with spotlights. I can see okay. the ground better. I can see the disc better. I can fly out okay. further because you know, obviously, sure. you can fly out of construction lights. But the spotlights, yep. they follow you, assuming your friends don't want to yeah. play a terrible joke on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just you know, yeah. everybody lights out is not a fun game. <laughs> well. All right, where's the V bar light? Where's yeah, it? exactly. Let's pull a Dan Murnane oh and God. fly the V bar. But yeah. oh my God. what we think we're going to do next year is because the field is wide enough to justify this, we're mm-hmm. going to have construction lights on one side and spotlight flying on the other, oh. so you can please both parties. So is this a bigger like sized field? Yeah, I mean, we didn't yeah. even use the whole thing. It's huge. It's well, it's long. Like, if I'm thinking about maybe um, I'll have to mark it down on the calendar next year and I'll bring down my trailer and I'll stay for like, you know, a Thursday to Sunday type deal. That or you can crash at my place. E- that Either that. Either yeah. one. I know you have a I know you have a newborn, though, and I don't want to. That's all right. I got a sofa with your name on it. Oh, yeah. Our name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're going to have to fight out Dan for that one. A complimentary struggle snuggle. A struggle snuggle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a bottle of Triflow. Yeah. A bottle of Triflow. No, I was, uh, I, you guys had food trucks there. I mean, you had two of them there for a while. Um, <laughs> we had to wh- kick them out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the taco truck showed up without a schedule or anything the food truck ladies that were there they're like we didn't know we signed up for you know dual food trucks that cuts our business in half i'm like what yeah. are you talking about a second food truck i turn around and there's one right over there so we had to go make them leave yeah well the food truck that you guys had there served some pretty good food yeah we were Which- surprised there was a place down the street from my house that served breakfast bagels and i just was in there one day with my wife picking up breakfast and she's talking about a food truck. And I'm like, you know what? I wonder if they'd want to come do this. So here I am explaining what RC toy helicopters are. And there's a bunch of middle-aged men standing in an empty grass field that fly them two days in a row. And we want to want to get them to sell us some sandwiches. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a strange concept for those who aren't familiar with it. Uh, yeah. Even for my wife, she didn't quite understand the concept of... Uh, you mean we're going to go just camp at a place where you guys can fly? That, what? It, <laughs> Why would you want to? Yeah, right, just didn't. Right. She was like, but then once she saw it, she understood uh, what it was all about. Very supportive, by the way. I noticed uh, that. I think that's yeah. amazing. She was so helpful. She was so nice. I was like, you know what? You find yourself a nice lady. Yeah, she's uh, she's a keeper. I think I'll I think I'll hold on to her for the next twenty years because uh, I don't plan on living much longer than that. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. My God. Dude, I'm getting old, man. Getting old. Getting old sucks. It does suck, Devin. You just wait. You just wait. Yeah, you're like 13, Devin. Uh hey, our or you know what? Our birthday, it's it's okay. Or fine. Oh, that's right. Did you know that, Scott? Did you guys know that Devin and I share the same birthday? No, no way. Just yeah, October, October 12th. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's oh, coming man. up. Yeah, yeah, two weeks. God, can't wait. Just think. In like two weeks, you're going to not recognize it because your voice will be so much deeper. I know your balls will finally drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be 21. <laughs> Holy moly. It's like, hey, I'm Dev McClellan. <laughs> I'm going to purposely walk up and be like, hey, what's up? 
Yeah. Um, this is me now. You know what Just, else you should do, Devin? As this will be what year will this be for you? Twenty one. Twenty one. You should start referring to yourself in the third person. That should be your new thing. Devin likes to fly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Devin likes that maneuver. Do it again. <laughs> Devin says, do it again. Scott, that was a great crash. Devin says, do it again. De- Devin will take the McChicken sandwich and a small soda. <laughs> That'd be funny. You should definitely do that. Uh, uh, no, that was, um, you're thinking about coming out next year, Devin. Yeah. I would like to. I mean, I know I'm going to, I'm going to get to see Scott again this year because i don't know if you're going to virginia or not scott if you mm, i don't know you mean this but, weekend yeah i don't know if you are but one that i figured you probably are going to is in raleigh i figured you would maybe be there i will be going to rcho to November. Pool? yeah <laughs> excellent yeah <laughs> i'll stock up on lube oh shoot ah, hell yeah that's that's exciting yeah Devin lube yeah I yeah. love it. Yeah. You do love it. I don't I have to make my own says now. Lube. <laughs> <laughs> I got like three things of those that says Lube. Oh, perfect. I got the ball got, reamer. Let's do it. Oh, I got the ball reamer too with different <laughs> inserts and different <laughs> I got a, I got a syringe of Lube right here on my desk next to me. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, it's old though. I don't know if it's any good anymore. I don't use it anymore. I don't That's know if right. go bad. So <laughs> doesn't, get, doesn't get old. I've never had it go bad. I've had the Bodo loop for like years. As long as you put years the cap years. back on it. Yeah. I do that, Devin. Thanks for that bit of advice. That's some professional advice right there. <laughs> Always practice <laughs> safe lubing. Put the cap on. Is, is that your pro tip for the day, Devin? That is that com- your pro tip? That comes out of charge. It does. No. What's the fee? A reach like around? A negative 20 <laughs> A reach around? Oh, uh, maybe. You can't say reach I around? I could go with that. Oh, okay. we need a moral compass. Yeah, Nick's like, no. come on, guys. Nick's like, <laughs> Nick's leave like, me out of this. Meanwhile, we're trying to drag him in. <laughs> talking about a white van. I'm going to get a white van just for Devin. Oh. Stock it up with candy and cartoons. Can you also stock books. it with Scott Graham posters? Mm. Uh, yeah, I could, I could do that. We could probably work something out if that's what it takes. I mean, you know, I'm, I aim to please. Just And just El Presidente. <laughs> I'll, I'll wear American flag underwear for you. Oh, perfect. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm, that's probably one I'm going to, it's a nice trip because uh, I'll probably still do it was, dude, we had a blast in Gatlinburg. I mean, it was, uh, I know that's not necessarily what we're here to talk about, but it's a great way for me to do a four day or a five day trip. Uh, next year, though, I'll probably plan, probably bring the RV and probably stay there uh, more longer and then take a few days because the wife and I really had a good time uh, going around. We took a, we mentioned this earlier, uh, but we took a full scale heli ride. That was kind of fun. I saw photos uh, of that. Yeah, I tried to talk to Pilot into doing a uh, auto rotation. But he didn't. He decided it wasn't necessary. Did you uh, mention you fly RC helis? He actually mentioned it because I had my hoodie on. Yeah, and um, he's like, "So, do you fly RC helis?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I fly RC helis, motherfucker." <laughs> Did he? <laughs> no, he 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 just said he just kind of said, "Well, these are a little different." I said, "Yeah, I imagine uh, they are." 
I imagine they are. No, he um, he's a good kid. He's a young military guy. Just got out, and he's just doing this to build his hours. Uh, pretty good little tour guide. We uh, we had a good time. It was nice. awesome. Did I ever tell you about my last helicopter event? Like uh, riding in a real one? Was it at Urcha? No, no. I was at some off-roading event. And the guy was flying people around in a Robinson R44. And me and Mike Lawrence got to talking to him about RC helis. Just like that. Same thing. We had the shirts on, you know. And uh, he's like, yeah, I used to fly a Raptor back in the day. But uh, wow. I couldn't do it. It was too hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, can we land? I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, this guy kind of did something similar. He obviously didn't fly, but he, uh, I, I said, basically, it's my, he asked, hey, you guys been in a heli before? I said, I mean, it'd been years, years, 30 years ago. I was in a heli. Yeah, basically, it's been, you know, several decades. And he says, yeah, that's great. Me too. Just as he's lifting off the ground. Oh, yeah, it's great. Me too. Uh, that's funny. We've, we've got a guy in the Atlanta heli group who uh, flies full-size helis as well. So every now and then he does this massive flex where he puts his RC heli in the full-scale heli, lands at the field, takes out the RC one, puts some flights in, puts it back in his heli and flies away and goes oh. home. Oh, <laughs> I don't think he can flex harder than that ever. No, no I know. It's, it's pretty awesome. Our, the only thing yeah. we can tease him about is he doesn't have anything modern heli-wise. He's got a really old N7. Uh, no, sorry, E5. And uh, Nick Gill, good dude. Heli- he's but, got a uh, real helicopter. So, yeah. Yeah, that trumps yeah. all the other toy ones. But you know, you just got to find something to bust his dad. You know, when the dude shows yeah, up in a real helicopter, you're, you just reach for whatever you can to, you know, <laughs> give him a little shit. I'm the kind of guy that would be like, what, you can't auto it down to hang out with us? pump. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would be that guy when he takes off. Skid bomb! <laughs> Do a barrel roll. Lower! I want to see a tail slide. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was, uh, they had, of course, back when Heli Pros used to do their event, Chris Nelson was also a full scale pilot. Had, I don't know, well, he had a charter company that had, like, you know, the corporate. Bell Jet Rangers, uh, but he also had a like a personal little R forty four, and his pilots. I never did one, and I don't know why because they they did them. I mean, you can it was relatively cheap, but they're they would take people that fun fly up and uh, fly them along the Yellowstone River, and the guy would. Uh, this was I, I didn't experience this, but uh, some of the people that took the ride said he would go up to about six or seven hundred feet above the river. He was a like an old Vietnam vet, uh, heli pilot, and he would like nosedive right towards the river, and you know get down to just ten or twelve feet off the river, and then just just do that whole hundred and forty mile an hour following the river, turning, twisting through, the, you know, yeah, um, map this, of the earth flying. Yeah, that would be kind of fun, but uh, this 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 uh, kind of a family tour, that that kind of stuff. Well, it was pretty gentle flight, not, not a lot, not a lot of excitement. I would suppose that's uh, how they have to do it. But righty, guys, do you have any other questions for Scott while we have him? No. Nope. No. Don't, don't, it was don't. nice talking to you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Oh, no, that was that was cool to kind of hear your your origin story. And uh, I'm amazed. I had no idea that at the time of full pull school when those videos were coming out that uh, you've come so far in that time. I thought you were already there then and now. Um, so that's awesome. Oh. It gives it's me the hope. Literal definition of fake it till you make it kind of thing. 
Well, I don't know. <laughs> At the risk of sounding like a fanboy, it's it's truly inspiring to watch you fly, man. The the stuff you do is just it's it's awesome to watch. It, it's like I don't know. It's just super enjoyable to watch as a spectator, as someone who can appreciate the difficulty in it. And then you always have this gigantic smile on your face the second, even if you crash, honestly. So I don't know. It's it's, it's fun to watch you fly, man. The smile is usually bigger when he crashes. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> I just love it. I love this yeah. stuff so Every much. Time I can't I've, even... I've been standing next to you, Scott, and you do a full flight. You're like, yeah, that was that felt great. And then every time you crash, you're like, fuck yeah. It's what the people want to see. Exactly. It is. <laughs> it's carnage. It's the Absolutely. best reaction. Uh, carnage is always good. People love it, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a direct link to my soul. I love this stuff and uh, I'm never going to give it up. Yeah. Nice. Dude, yeah, I concur. How can we get in touch with you, Scott, if we wanted to do that? Uh, man, uh, I, w- I should have come up with something creative, like, you know, stick it to a duck's back or something. But you guys can find me on Facebook. Uh, Scott Graham at Facebook. I think my handle's like Scotty California. But if you just search Scott Graham, you'll probably find me. Um, yeah. That's the best way. I'm always on there. How about you, Nick? If I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, you can hit me via email at uh, nickwisdom at rchnv3.com or find me on Facebook at nickwisdomrc. By you, Devin. Okay. Uh, Devin McClellan on Facebook or Devin at rchnv3.com. You can reach me at dan at rchnv3.com, Dan Reed on Facebook, and uh, please check out our Facebook page, rchnv3, and our website is www.rchnv3.com. Locals, if you're so inclined, you can check that out. I haven't made any recent posts to my, uh, I don't know, what's it called, guys? Swipe lefts. No, no. No, Grinder. Tinder. 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 Yeah. So nothing new to see there. Um, Soon, maybe. We'll see. Oh, you know, I actually I wanna, did. I want to interrupt on that note. I will say your wife is fantastic. I really enjoyed meeting Elaine as much as you, Dan. And she takes no crap from you. And she was awesome. So she, yeah, she, she, if she's listening to the show, uh, Elaine, you're kind of a badass. I'm glad you came out. Yeah, she's definitely the better half. That's for sure. And you're right. She doesn't really take crap from me, which I like. It's uh, very nice. Very supportive, too. I mean, extremely supportive. Uh, I could have done anything in the last six weeks without her uh, with this ankle. Oh, my God. Uh, Rob. Daniel. How would I get in touch with you, man? Uh, well, it's it's fairly easy, but th- in order to get in touch with me, you'll have to reach out to Devin in a roundabout way, actually. Uh, so what you got to do is get yourself a Sharpie um, and um, a ninja costume. And then in the middle of the night... We have to go to Dan's house and sneak into his van that he's got. And on the ceiling of the inside of the van, you want to write your question on there and say for Rob on there, right? That way, because we know inevitably Dan's going to coax Devin into that van. And when Devin is laying on his back and he's looking up at the ceiling, he'll see the question and he'll just remember that and tell me the question. I'll answer it. Um, but if you're afraid um, that you don't know how to pretend to be a ninja or you uh, don't want to get a restraining order or the cops called on you or something like that, <laughs> you can just email me at rob at rchnv3.com. Find me on Facebook, uh, rcnextgen, um, Instagram, rcnextgen, or hit one of my YouTube videos on youtube.com slash nextgenrc. 
do it the old school way. I like that. It's uh, nice wow. and interactive. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he brought you into that one, Devin. Nice. Nicely I feel, done. I feel loved. <laughs> All righty, oh, guys. You, you definitely will feel loved once you see that van. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, that, that just put a picture in my head. I'm not sure I want it in my head. Well, somebody wants to ask me a question, so you got to follow through. <laughs> oh, so it relies on me. Scoop. I'm, I'm typing put a, a question to this right madness. now. <laughs> All right, guys. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Have a good week, guys. See you. <laughs> see you later. Photo. Boom. <laughs>